Welcome to Music Raygun. My name is Paul Champanelli, and alongside me, as always, is Kirk Pinchon. Yay. Yay! You're back! I'm back from vacation! Yeah! Music Raygun is the podcast where we pick a music related topic and then we watch YouTube videos centered on that topic. And you, the listener, can find a YouTube playlist of all this episode's videos and all the other episodes' videos on musicraygun.com slash playlists. So watch along while you listen to the episode or before you listen to the episode or after you listen to the episode. It's your world. Whatever you want to do, we're not going to push yeah. you. We're not going to pressure you. I, I like after because I, I like the idea of like listening to it first and then imagining what the stuff looks like and then you go and actually oh, look at it. That's a good idea. That's what I would do. Yeah. But I'm not trying to like lay that on anyone else. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to force yourself on that. No. no. Do what you like. Yeah. It's your world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kirk. Yes. Uh, I want to plug a couple of other podcasts. As well I would you call them like friends of the show. That sounds great. Um, our another one of our former coworkers, Becky Zach. Becky Zach is great, and her friend Isabel, who's a friend of mine as well. Oh, great! They have a little talk show that they. That sounded so condescending. <laughs> they have a little show. <laughs> they have a little show of their own. It's adorable. They have a talk show called Chat Your Pants. Okay, I have heard. I need to listen back to this. It's I'm really sorry. good. I, need to I honestly look forward to every episode. Oh, great. And it's the two of them. They're both, uh, I was going to call them British ladies, but that makes them sound like little old ladies. <laughs> no. They're, they're 20-something British yes, guys. There you go. Living in L.A. Yeah. And they just kind of, they get together and talk and they play games like, they'll go on Reddit and find an Ask Reddit question and then read some of the best answers and answer it themselves. Oh. They'll find like they'll just hit random on Wikipedia and read interesting articles. They, it's just a fun yeah. talk show, and uh, so I suggest our listeners go find Chat Your Pants and subscribe. As well, to you that. Becky's you, very funny. Becky is great. Becky's Isabel awesome. is also great. Yeah, I know you don't, I don't know, know Isabel. Isabel Becky's awesome. Great. Yeah, and if uh, our listeners want a good entry point, I would recommend episode seven or episode twenty-eight. Because I'm a guest on. Well, that's uh, that's rightfully so. That yes. should be so their if you need starting a familiar. Point. Yes, someone to hold your hand. voice. Yeah, someone to guide you through your Sherpa. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Sherpa up the mountain. Sherpa up the mountain of chat your pants. <laughs> uh, I have also mentioned on this show previously my Australian friend Tyler, mm-hmm. who listens to our show and enjoys it because he doesn't know anything about music. <laughs> Self-professed. That's amazing. He has a podcast. It's called It's in the Cards. Mm-hmm. And what he he has four guests per episode, three or four, and uh, they play uh, Cards Against Humanity. You know that? Oh, game? I love Cards Against Humanity. It's a rude game. I love it. It's like rude apple sack. Yes. So it's like a, every episode is like fifteen or twenty minutes. He and the guests just play like one round of Cards Against Humanity. Uh, the guests are frequently comedians, mm-hmm. so it's pretty funny. Yeah, that sounds good. I enjoy that podcast a lot. Yeah, I suggest. Our listeners subscribe to that, unless they don't like rudeness. Yeah, a Cards Against Humanity can get a little randy. Yeah, yeah it's a little raunchy. Yeah, uh, but if our listeners want an entry point, <laughs> once again, into listening to Cards Against Humanity, I would recommend episodes eight, ten, thirteen, <laughs> eighteen, 
and 22. Are, are you naughty at all of them? I'm a, I, <laughs> that sounded real gross. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to do. Yeah. Yes. Also, Becky and Isabel are frequent guests on that. Oh, my God. As well. So I'm just, I'm just trying to. Look at that. Yes. Spread the love. Yes. We're all, all of our podcasts are friends. Oh, good. Podcasts. Podcasts. Uh, so I just wanted to plug our friends at the top of the That's show. That's what we should. Listen to Chat Your Pants, and it's in the cards. It's... But Kirk, why are we really here? What, what, what are we here to talk about? We're here to talk this week about a subject that I've always found fascinating, which is the death of the saxophone. The death of the saxophone. Uh, I didn't know we were... music. I mean... It's come on. I don't know if it's dead. I think it enjoyed a particular popularity at a certain and point. And it just like disappeared. It I Well, mean, trends trends come and go, Kirk. But it's it's fascinating because if you're going even farther back, like yeah. you know, I'm not a big fifties music rockabilly guy or rock and roll thing. It's just not my style. But yeah. there was saxophone and all that. I know. All of it. I know. And then in the eighties so, which is my time. Yeah. So much so saxophone. So much saxophone. On all different kinds of levels. Yeah. Like on many different styles of music, yeah. there was saxophone solo. Yep. And then it's like the 90s hit, even maybe the late 80s, and they're like, it's done. And it's never like made a resurgence. There's no Not like, really, no. there's no popular music that has saxophone solos. No, I think like like bluegrass influence has sort of replaced. Yeah, maybe. Like now there yeah. are these hipster bands that have like mandolins in yeah. them instead of saxophone. Yeah, exactly. Which is because trends sad. come and go. Maybe saxophone will make a comeback. It's been a long time, I feel. Yeah, but you're you're right. I think most of what we're going to talk about today is the 80s. Yes. However, we will talk about the 50s. Yeah, and we'll talk about the 90s too. All right, because there's I know there's a there's a, there's, there's saxophone horns. in the 90s. There's some, but one of my favorite bands ever. We're going to talk about, but I'm not going to give it away right now. I think I might know who it is. I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. you do, because you were around in the 90s. Yeah, I was. I was there. You were there. I was there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this, well, this goes back. Literally, like, day one of this podcast, when I was like, what things do you want to yeah. talk about? Like, the first word out of your mouth. You couldn't say it fast <laughs> enough. I didn't even, I don't think I finished my sentence. Yeah. Like, what topics do you, and you were like, saxophone. Saxophone, yeah. <laughs> saxophone. This is something that's very important to you. It is. I mean, my dad played saxophone, so mm. there's, uh, it, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, he played, and he had a, he had a band in Cleveland when he was in high school called, it's a great name, it's called the Continentals. That, that, yeah. Yeah. That's like a. It's right. a great name. So it's always been there. I never played or anything. But it just it was also something that growing up, it was always there. It was there in R&B music. It was there in pop music. Mm-hmm. It was in new wave music. Well, and you also have, you're not ashamed to admit no. that you're a fan of smooth jazz. I'm, I'm the fan of and, smooth and jazz. And white rock. Yeah, very much so. All of which... Lean heavily on saxophone. Yes, yes. I have no... That is not a guilty pleasure. That's just... Yeah, and I'm not saying you should be ashamed, but some people... Would be. Snobs take a dim view of a lot of the music that you like. Yes. We can be honest about that. I'm not one of them. No. We've talked about Yacht Rock before. Exactly. Um, But, I mean, I've known this about you going back further because when we used to work together, we had a weekly tradition. Yes. I don't remember exactly how it started. I think it's because our editor in chief had that turntable yes. in his office. He had it, and then uh, one day I brought in. I, I was like, "Oh, you have was vinyl. it Bob James? Was that the first yeah, one? The first one was Bob James, the theme song from it was uh, Angela. Taxi. It was Angela. You know, I think that's like we were f- like work friendly, yes. but 
when you pulled out the vinyl, of, I think that was like the <laughs> yeah. first time we connected. I think so, yeah, because yeah. I love Taxi, yeah. and I like when I'm really stressed, I'll just go to YouTube and turn on the theme. It's the, the opening song. credits yes. from Taxi because it's so soothing. Yes, not just the music, but the whole opening credits are just like a camera yeah like a dash cam on a taxi going down the brooklyn bridge yes and it's just kind of hypnotic it's very comforting yeah it's, it's very very comforting. that whole album is very comforting yeah it's really great and that that was an album that my dad had that i got i wonder if my father has it i would bet not but maybe. yeah maybe, maybe bob james isn't that smooth or soft no yeah no and he's he's like a legit jazz guy. Yeah. He just it's just at that time, late seventies, early eighties, that was the sound. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I pulled that out, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" And so then Friday, it became, really it chilled. Yeah. Like it was the first first thing on a Friday morning. Yeah. It just mellowed everyone the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. And it started the tradition uh, of smooth jazz Fridays. Smooth jazz Friday, play which smooth really jazz. kind of became multi genre over time. Yes. Yes. But every really Friday we would play. Some smooth jazz number, or some yes. like jazz funk song, or just yeah. something to just something to get us into the weekend. And yeah, yeah, we played it loudly. So yeah. the whole office could hear. It was great. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Um, but that's sort of the background yeah. of, of this episode. So let's get into let's it. Let's get into it. Uh, the first video we're going to watch is just it's about an iconic sax solo that everyone knows. It's oh, okay. it's about the sax solo from Baker Street. By Jerry Rafferty. Which, to me, might be one of the most important saxophone songs out there. Aside from yeah. anything that's like jazz sure. or It's like 1978. It's, yeah. it's sort of the eye of the storm of the saxophone yes. era. Yeah, it's so prominent. Music. Yeah. And I think it's like, even if people don't know the song by name, they, yeah. or even the rest of the song, yeah. they just kind of know the sound of this solo. Yes. But rather than just watch the video for Baker Street... Because we don't, I mean, everyone knows the song. And it's just them performing live. This is a cool little clip of them uh, interviewing the saxophone player oh, wow. about the song. Uh, and the guy has, it's his real name, I checked, it's not a stage name. The most unbelievable name that you could, you couldn't invent one better. His name is Raphael Ravenscroft. See, when I first saw this on the list, I was like, Who's pulling up? I was like, what are you doing to start our show, Paul? That's the guy who played sax on That's Baker Street. Unbelievable. So it's just a quick little chat with uh, Raphael Ravenscroft on uh, the BBC. The greatest name. Yeah. When it comes to pop music in the 80s, there's one instrument that defines a decade more than any other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we got Man Eater by Hall and & Oates, and yep. then this is Careless Whisper by George Which Michael. Is, mm-hmm. So they're giving us other examples. Yes. Great sax solo. Yeah. This is Duran Duran. Duran Duran's Rio. Yeah. The best song. From 1978 to the end of the 80s, every other record in the top 40 seemed to have a saxophone solo in it. Thank you, British Sales man. Sales of the instrument <laughs> rocketed. But what happened in 1978? Raphael, there it is. There it is. The Baker Street phenomenon. You know what's awesome about it is like it's it's both sexy and cool. Yes. Like it's a like it's an F jam. Like I could picture some like soft core porn with that music. Yeah. Or just like. A movie about like a private detective. Yeah, in, yeah. In, in New York, just walking the streets at night. It could be yep. either. Yep. 
That's why it works so well. Yeah. <laughs> in 1978, Jerry Rafferty's classic Baker Street was released. The haunting sax solo kicks off the song, dominating the track, driving it along. I mean, that's the what the song is known for. Rather for more sure. in the background, quite literally, hidden by a ton of dry ice. These days, Raphael Ravenscroft lives in Exeter. And amazingly, he very nearly turned the session down. And just so you know, this is from 2010. Yes, and sadly he has died since Oh, then. Yeah. I know. Um, I think just a couple years ago. Wow. But, uh... I had to get from London to Chippy Norton. And I was too young to drive. And I just couldn't get there. And, and Still with, there was to like, stay, 70s hair. Yes, look at all the curly uh, mullet kind of going him. God bless him. I had to get back. And the logistics of it for the session fee at the time was going to cost me money. It was a very short notice beyond the Call of Duty session. <laughs> so how much of the song was actually written before you came into it? Um, there was a backing track and a guide vocal. I basically just played all over. There was these big gaps and I played. Uh, I mean, it's pretty... I mean, it's throughout the it song. It's not just a solo. It's in the beginning, middle, and end. I had no expectations for it doing it's, well. But it's just, that, it's just those few bars. People yeah. know that yeah. like, it's a, like a riff. Yeah. He did, really. Because it was, it was so unlike what was happening at the time. God, I love this song. I <laughs> Katie Willer had mentioned that she's a big Jerry Rafferty fan. I only know this song, and I know that he was part of Steeler's Wheel. Right. And so I pretty much just know Stuck in the Middle with You yeah. and Baker Street. In terms yeah. Of There's Jerry one Rafferty. other song that I'm blanking on, but that was kind of a, not as big as this hit, but I can't yeah. remember. But that's all I know. But yeah. the rest of Baker Street is not what you'd expect based on the opening sax solo. Yes. And there's also a guitar solo at the, towards the end. There's yeah. a big-ass guitar solo. Yeah, but the actual... The, Song is sort of just kind of a mellow. Yeah, it's very yeah, you know, pop rock song. Raphael's central sax line gave Baker Street a legendary hook. It went to number three in the UK charts and number two in the US. Your sax solo, it's often credited as like one of the best sax solos. Yes, I wish it was. It's sax tune. Right? Is that? Did you hear what he said? He said, "I wish it was." Yeah, and then he said, "It's out of tune." No. Yeah. <laughs> He's been tortured <laughs> for decades uh, because he was out of tune and all he hears is himself all, playing. All he hears is like, I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. Wow. Is that your playing? No, it's, yes, my, my playing is out of tune, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm capable of being out of tune, yeah. So what then do you think has been solo adds to the track? My speciality is tonality and, and my understanding of what people like about that is the sound. It's not clever from, from a notation point of view. One of my heroes was Jimi Hendrix, and I used so to. So the learn. song is out of tune, but tonally people like it, is what he's saying. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know how that works as not. A well, musician. I think it just works because it's fucking rock and roll. Yeah, right? it's not. And you can do anything. Like if he were playing with some like real jazz combo, they, maybe they would have like laughed him out of yeah. the room. Because technically he wasn't playing well. Yes, but who cares? Because of that sound. It still sounds maybe. fucking great, yeah. man. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix guitar solo is not old jazz solos like my, my, my friends did. And that's one of the things that, that, that people loved on Baker Street because they heard a saxophone that, like, that, that, that they never heard before. Shot of As a result of his work yeah, the, in the shadows, national circles of recording artists and went on to work with some of the biggest names in music, including Pink Floyd, Marvin Gaye, John Lennon, Tina Turner, and ABBA. I was getting and I was very busy getting the union rate of £27.50 a session up until that point. 
And from that point onwards, the phone didn't stop ringing, and I was working for £5,000 a session and upwards. So Baker Street, it, 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 it changed me from being a, third, a second division player to being a top player. Oh, that's great. And so ended up at Arsenal in the forwards. Football analogies always work. They do, absolutely. <laughs> He's still writing and recording. And living in Exeter, he has access to the best acoustics going. The creations that I'm involved in at this time, I want to be. And it so happens that the things I'm working on now are more exciting than anything I've ever done. No. No, I love that because I love like working musicians. Not rock stars, yeah. but just yeah. these guys who slog it out in the studio. I love that too because it's not like he's like, well, I had to go start selling insurance. Yeah, and they don't say it, but like you kind of get the impression from this video, like he's not rich. He's maybe even struggling a little yeah. bit. But, you know, he's still, like, making his living yeah. playing saxophone. Yeah, he's still doing it. That's always admirable. Yeah. I always like that. If you could change it. Baker Street. Yeah. Is yeah. there anything you'd do different on that particular piece? Oh, absolutely. Piece? I play in tune. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Raphael, God bless you. That's how you know he's a real artist. Yes. Is when, like, actors and musicians will, you know... Their most famous work, they'll be like, "Oh, I can see like, the mistakes. Yeah, all they see are the, the lines that I flubbed, yeah, and shit like that." Oh my god! So I thought that was a great first yes. way to open this episode. Yes, with so arguably the most important sax solo we could talk about. Oh yeah, no, there's no argument, and at all. it sort of reaffirms the point we were making that, like, in this era, saxophone yes. was saxophone everything. rules everything. Yeah. Um. So let's go to a. a <laughs> Come on, Paul. I don't even know where to fucking start with this. Yes, you do. First of all, I had never seen this video or heard this song until you introduced me to it yeah. when we were working together. Yeah. Of course, I've heard of Kenny G. Yes. I suspect, like most people, when I think of Kenny G, I think of the smoothest of smooth yeah. jazz. Yeah, like baby shit soft. Yeah, and again, like. You know, my father being a big jazz fan hates Kenny mm -hmm. G. Admits that Kenny G is a great saxophone player, yeah. but just hates the music because it's just, like you said, yeah. baby shit. It's baby shit stuff, yeah. But this song is not that. This no. is not smooth jazz. This is, yes. this is Kenny G in 1988, pre Songbird. Yes. Before it was that sort of dentist office sound. Yes. It, it, it's a song called uh, Against Doctors or yep. Orders. So we have to talk about the song yes. and the video. The there's video, a, the music video is one of the most insane yeah. music videos I've it's, ever seen. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, so we're going to do a lot of pausing while yes. we unpack it bit by bit. The song, I'll say, to me when I hear it, all I can think about is it's it's either the music that would play during the credits of like a buddy cop movie yes. in the 80s or like... Uh, an hour-long buddy cop drama, like a yes. Simon and Simon type yes. of thing. Yes, yes. It's this 80s funk jazz. Yes, it is. And that's that's why I love it. Yes, yeah. I love this song. And it's an instrumental, so yeah. we'll sort of talk. And, and it's also kind of just the same riff played over and over again oh, yeah. for five minutes. The same thing, yeah. But we have a shitload to unpack. There's with so the much in this, in this video. Yeah. But this is like, it's weird to say, this is Kenny G at his funkiest. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. he doesn't get any funkier than and this. And I didn't know until I saw this video that he even had a period where he played music like that. I just assumed yeah. he was always this movie. Early on, he played it. And that's, this is, like, weird to say. Like, I have no qualms about saying I enjoy the music of Kenny G. I know that you do, and that's I, fine. I saw him in concert once. It doesn't make me want to throw yeah. up or anything. Uh, but his earlier stuff, which was a little more... <laughs> edgier. It's like when you find out Michael Bolton was a metal guy yeah. before he was a soft, yeah. soft rock guy. Yeah. Speaking of, they did a duet once. That uh, does not surprise <laughs> me in the least. So it's called "Don't Make Me Wait for Love." Okay, uh, sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is this is just to me a a peppy happy. It's 80s really song. fun. It's yes. not. It's not what I would call good. But I would call it great, <laughs> is what I would call it. But the video, okay, so the video, I'll play it in a sec, but it starts with kind of a comedy sketch yes, set up. It's wacky. Yeah, so I'll just play it, and then, like I said, we're going to have to do a lot of pausing while we yeah. reckon with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we reckon. This is against Dr. Terms. terms. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so right away, it's just a shot of. A thoracic x-ray. Yeah, of the lungs of Kenny G. Yes, and it just has the words bad news on yeah. it. And you're going to back up. And there's a doctor who people will recognize. Yes. Doc, give it to me straight. What's the verdict? Okay, his acting is not as good as his sex. <laughs> no. He's, no. The doctor is played by who, Kirk? Dudley Moore. <laughs> yes. But it's the Dudley Moore character of Arthur being drunk. Well, I mean, that's basically Dudley Moore. Yeah, roughly, that's just Dudley roughly. Moore's persona. And then some random hot model as a nurse. She, uh, she is tall and Amazonian yes. anyway. And then next to Dudley Moore, who's yeah. like 5'2", yes. she towers over him. She's, so right away, visual comedy. Yes. And here's drunk Dudley. Well, I, 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 can't, I, I can't let you play with this. And he uses it. He's just, yeah. He's just staring at her tits with a magnifying glass. Yes. You know how doctors use magnifying glasses? <laughs> yes. Because it was the 80s and you could do that. Yeah, his his nose is basically in her cleavage. Yes. And he's saying, I can't let you play with these <laughs> lungs. Well, he's just saying, so real high comedy. Yeah, real highbrow stuff. Real highbrow, yeah. Only I can play with that, these lungs. I'm not even sure if that woman... <laughs> Playing the nurse knows she's on camera. I think she, the, the smirk on her face tells me she's like, "All right, buddy." She's like, like "How many times do I have to do this?" I, I know that this is written. I'm getting fifty dollars a day for this. Can yeah. we just end it? <laughs> but Doc, sex is my life. Yeah, sex is my life too. Yeah. So, <laughs> now, Paul, he said sex, but he meant sex. He, did well, you get he, it? No, he meant sex. Yeah. but Dudley Moore no, heard sex. So you see the comedy there. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's great. That's it's really great. It's good stuff. This is a great comedy sketch. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I mean, this is basically Benny Hill. Yeah. They wish it was Benny Hill. D I, look, I genuinely like Dudley Moore. Yeah. He did brilliant comedy. Uh, this doesn't necessarily this rise to the best no. of what he did with... Uh, who is his comedy partner? Oh, I know who you're talking about. Uh, I cannot remember. Peter Cook? Is that the right yeah. guy? I want to say it's Peter Cook, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Can't play with these lungs. <laughs> but, Doc, sex is my life. Yeah, sex is my life, too. But, but there's got to be something I can do. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that actually is, the way he says no does actually yes. make me genuinely laugh. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, um, don't buy any more weeds. Hey, max out your credit cards, turn your library books, go and visit an old girlfriend. Um, borrow a lot of money, get a Porsche. So Dudley Moore throws him out of the room. He's basically, I don't, it, it, we don't get much detail about what the prognosis is. It's not clear whether Kenny G is 
dying or just can't play saxophone? He just can't. The thing is, he can't play saxophone yes. anymore. And he's distraught. Yeah, and, and the doctor is very insensitive yes. about it because he just wants to get laid. And the stakes are high, though. I mean, Kenny G not being able to play saxophone. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, that's that's some high stakes for a video. Right. That bass oh, line is great. Sure. Here's an interesting thing. Uh, Kenny G is famous for playing the soprano sax, which is the yeah. sax that looks like a clarinet. Yes. In this video, he's got like a tenor sax. I think and he I, switched on and off. That's what I was going to ask. Yes. I don't know if he switched because I would imagine with this video and him not being famous at the time, if they if making the video, they were like, people aren't going to recognize that instrument as a saxophone. They'll think you're a clarinetist. That could so be. play the thing that actually looks he's like a played, saxophone. I'm wondering. But he does do. He's played both. Okay. Like I've I've seen him in concert switch on and off. Okay. So I don't know enough about music if like maybe this is what he used for the song. Could be. Yeah. But in any event, it's not it's not the sax the no. Kenny G signature soprano it's not. sax you expect. It's not. But visually I mean it's better. Yeah. It's oh yeah, because people are like, what's going yeah. on? That baseline I think is awesome. But it's that it's that eighties like synthy yep. synthy slapping high, like highly produced yeah. sound. Oh that's my sweet spot. Yeah. Okay. So he's super sad. He's he's sitting on the floor. He's like, I can't play sax anymore. Yep. Then this hottie rolls by in a wheelchair. In a wheelchair, yeah. and they stare at each other, and it's a moment of connection. Yeah. And that honestly, you wouldn't collect with that sexy, sexy man. <laughs> yes. And the woman in the wheelchair obviously is sick, obviously can't walk, but is in lingerie. Yeah. Which has always struck me as like, she's not in a doctor, she's not in a, a patient's gown. Right. Well, we've explained this like a Benny Hill <laughs> yeah. sketch, so she's there's going to be a lot up, of lingerie. It's straight up lingerie. Also, we haven't even commented on the fact that, like, Kenny G is such a sax god that he takes his saxophone with him everywhere, <laughs> oh, yeah. even to doctors. He can't leave it. No. Yeah. It's his calling card. Ah, uh, what's the use? It's all over. <laughs> it's all over. <laughs> okay. Now, like, a new comedy sketch <laughs> Yes. Yeah. That beat is over. Here's this beat. Now the angel of sax comes to him in a vision. Yes. She has a message for Kenny G. And that's Nicolette Sheridan. Oh, is it? Yes. See, I didn't... Recognize her because I wasn't pubescent yet yeah, in yes. the 80s. Very young. I know the name, but yes. not the... From Desperate Housewives is her big thing. Right. She was on... Uh, the big thing that I know her from, she was in a John Cusack movie called The Sure Thing, which is a great movie. Okay. Uh, playing, you know, the blonde. I've never seen The Sure Thing. You must go see The Sure Thing. Oh, yeah. I will do that. <laughs> After I promise. I promise. <laughs> but it's never over. She's... I'm sorry. I think I called her... Did I call her the angel of sex? She's the sax goddess. She's the sax goddess. And the way you know that she's the sax goddess... Is she's wearing like a pageant sash? Yes. That says "Sax Goddess." In case you don't know, right? In case you can't figure out, basically from the context, it's subtle, Paul. <laughs> and subtlety sometimes <laughs> washes over the masses. It's never over until your death, until the fat lady sings. So go forth, Kenny, and do what you do best: play that funky music, white boy. Ooh. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> because if, if Kenny G is known for one thing, it's playing Play, funky playing music. Playing that funky music. When I think Kenny G, I think that's, I think that's what funky yes, is. That's what funk is, Kenny G. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what they're going for right here. And now we get to the, we get to the meat of the song. Just, uh, this, just the G-Man getting funky. 
people, old people grooving to people that. Get, see, yeah. everyone's grooving to Kenny G, and he's making everyone feel good. Every age group, every yeah. uh, demographic. He crosses as boundaries. As white. <laughs> That's right. Because I don't think there are any black people in this. I don't think so. Uh, but that, yeah, that sound to me just sounds like like eighties theme music. Oh yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, yeah. Like it could be. What was the movie with them <laughs> with Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines? Dead Running Scared. Yes, yeah. I feel like this could play no. over the closing yes. credits to that. Absolutely. Or to like the intro while the opening credits are going, and we're getting like a montage of yes. them just kind of going about yep. their cool, it's going about their cool day. business. Yep. There's Dudley drinking with the nurse. Partying with the nurse, yeah. He doesn't give a shit that he just ended Kenny G's career. <laughs> yeah. No, he's gonna fuck. He's he's there for the nurse. Yeah. Now there are some cameos in here yeah. that are in addition. And now, this is the same girl who was in the wheelchair. Yes, right? who can't walk and is in lingerie. She's doing some physical rehab. It looks like she's just in like a walker yes. and is trying to stand up in it. But I don't know how physical rehab works. It might be some other tool. This, But she's having difficulty standing on her yes. own two feet. She's epitome of that 80s girl that I loved. Super girl next door, cute yep. brunette. Big black hair. Yeah. Big eyebrows. Like Italian or Jewish, yep. that kind of look. Yep. That's, yeah, that's that's Cleveland in the 80s right Yeah, now. super cute, yes. super cute. And she's got two, like, uh, physical rehab yes. guys, like, helping her do... Help her walk again. But Kenny's going to help her walk again through his music. Through the power of <laughs> the saxophone. <laughs> oh, yeah, Kenny, come on. And she stands right up. And now here's a ner- mean nurse. There's like, one, like, unsexy, mean nurse who's, like, an yes. old... Nurse Ratchet. Non- yes, very Nurse Ratchet, yeah. non-lingerie way. <laughs> Personally, not, not personally, I have weird days. I think she's the sexiest nurse, but I bet you, if in normal life she's probably very attractive. They yeah, it's clearly yeah. like a hot woman that they've made up yes. in cartoonishly like like old maid makeup. Yeah, uh, but if she just pulled those glasses off and let yeah. her hair down, then she'd be a she'd, model. She'd be yeah. for you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now there's another patient that they're giving. They're trying to resuscitate. Yes, and he's dead, clinically dead, but yes, he's Kenny, flatlining. He's flatlining. Kenny G bursts into the room. Yep. And what happens? And it's a guy that looks like Kenny G. Yes. He's brought back from the dead. Oh, meanwhile. Uh, did he mix it's, it? It seems uh, the nurse brings to Dudley Moore's attention. There's another file with Kenny G's yes, name on. Like they might have gotten the wrong X-ray. They were the the uh, bad news X-ray. <laughs> yes, was not actually Kenny G. Not at all. They're gonna right now. They're about to look at Kenny G's actual X-ray. Yes, it's gonna have a different message on it. Kirk. <laughs> I hope. I hope it's good news. I hope it's good news. Oh, it's Sax, Sax Master. Master. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> 80s were great. You know when you get an X-ray. It says what instrument you're masterful at. <laughs> and it means that you're healthy. Yeah. So Dudley Moore is like, oh shit, we gotta go tell him. Yeah, we've made a horrible mistake. I've gotta right. be a good doctor. So now basically the rest of the video is Kenny G is marching around the hospital playing his sax and like reviving patients with yes. the power of his funk. Yes. Meanwhile, Dudley Moore and the sexy Amazon nurse are frantically trying to find, they can't him find him to let him know he's not going to die. He's not. He can play, right. but they don't know that he's already playing sax he's anyways against doctor's <laughs> orders. orders. See, it all fits. So this is this is a new style of video we haven't talked about. In the past, we've talked about 
videos that are a little literal interpretation yeah. of the lyrics. This is an instrumental. It doesn't have lyrics. This is a literal interpretation <laughs> of the song title. Yep. Yeah. But it works. I mean, it works. I mean, yeah, on its yeah. own merit. He's doing sure. something against doctor's orders. Yes. It fits the plot line. Yeah. Playing that funky music. <laughs> and white boy. Yeah. <laughs> so immediately, Dudley Moore. And then there's more model nurses. By more sexy nurses. Yes. Now we're going. Now, now, now people are partying. People are this in the OR. It's a full-on hospital party. Okay, who is this? This, this cameo is so. Yes. It's, it's only this shot. There's a very, very sick-looking man yep. lying on a gurney in the hall. Yes. I don't think we've quite seen his face yet, Not but yet. Dudley Moore is about to briefly attend to him. We're about to reveal. Oh, the bad news. I never really like caught this before. The bad news x-ray is his. Yes. They give him the bad news x-ray. Yes. They're going to take his vitals. In. It's it's uh, Scott Baio. Yes. It's I was Chachi. Say Charles himself. It's Chachi. But this is this is Charles in charge. This is Charles Scott in charge. Yeah. Yes. Scott Baio is the sick man. Yes. He looks at his x-ray. Dudley Moore just puts a thermometer in his mouth and yes. runs away. And, I, and he's just looking at, yeah, what me? Like, I think he looks into the camera, and that's it. That's yeah. it for Scott Bayo. That's Bayo. all he's, you need. That's all the Bayo you need, man. There's more Bayo. <laughs> it's <laughs> really, yeah. You don't need any a more good Bayo. six seconds of screen time for Scott Bayo. Yeah. Who I don't know. Maybe he's Kenny's friend. Why is well, Bayo? Charles in Charge was a big show. That's true. I mean, that's. Kind of like how I knew about Belle Biv DeVoe before <laughs> I knew about New Edition. The first thing I knew of Scott Bayo's existence. Yeah, because you, did, you didn't know Chachi, yeah. I didn't know uh, uh, Happy Days and Journey Happy Loves Chachi. Journey Loves Chachi. Yeah. yeah. So now Dudley Moore is like right behind Kenny G. Yeah. Kenny doesn't notice him because he's too busy yeah. getting funky. This is another... Weird cameo. I recognize this person, but I don't know from where. His name is Michael Pollock. Okay. He's a character actor. Uh, I know him mostly from the C. Martin movie Roxanne. I've seen Roxanne, but yeah. I don't remember. He's like the weird guy in the fire, uh, the firehouse. Sure. He strikes me as just a guy who was like in comedy things in the 80s. He must have been in like 40 different movies in the 80s. Yes. Always like he's the weird old guy. And in this, he is an orderly or someone holding a tray of urine Yes, because that's wacky. Yes, and he almost spills the... No, no, he doesn't almost spill no. it. Dudley Moore thinks it's whiskey and tries to drink yes. it. And he's like, no, no, this is piss. Yes, don't do it. And so Dudley Moore walks away, and then he does some of the most amazing mugging <laughs> to the camera, like wacky faces yep. I've ever seen. <laughs> he's he literally... I'm almost positive Michael Pollock is like, fuck this. I'm going to just better than that. I'm he's better like, than this stupid fucking video. Oh, God. Candy stripers. Yeah. And I can... Kenny, Kenny showed a little interest. He gave a little Dudley Moore yeah. male gaze to that candy striper. Yes, he did. Yeah. Okay. Dudley Moore stops because there's a sign on one of the doors that says sponge bath in progress. Yes. I don't know if he expects to see a woman getting a sponge bath. I'm guessing that's what he wants to see. Right. Because it stops him in his tracks. Because he forgets all about Yes. He wants to see the sponge bath in progress. Yes. And we're about to. Yes. It's just some dude. But there are three candy stripers sponge bathing. Which is not their job, I don't think. 
Candy stripers? They don't sponge people. Do I they? don't think so. This is this is a world that doesn't exist. <laughs> Here's what's also weird. That actually is some a, a cameo. I would. It, it seems that way. Like it's, he was the sixth on the call sheet on wings. Or I something. think I he know. was an early VH1 VJ. Oh, I'm almost positive. Okay. He also. I also remember this. He had. He did a. Um, he did a guest spot on Seinfeld years later <laughs> during the episode where uh, they were casting the pilot of, for the show. Okay. The show. Yeah. And they brought him in to read for as George. Oh, okay. And he was he's, that, he's guy. that guy. Yeah, and and, okay. and Jason Hawkins was like, that guy's great because he's so handsome. He's like, that guy, let's make him. That's the two claims <laughs> to fame that I know this guy. I don't okay. know his name, but other than that. I don't recognize him. But th- just the way they're framing the shot yeah. presenting him like – I thought it must be a cameo. Yeah, he was a VH1. Meanwhile, VH1. the three candy strappers all stripers all exactly uh, fit the description of that earlier girl you described. Yes. Brunette, yep. lots of big hair, yep. all super cute all girl super next cute. door types. Can yep. he can he so, do what he was doing? Sure, sure. I like how you you imagine <laughs> that Kenny G imagined this video from top Listen, to bottom and cast it. I'm gonna go ahead and say he had his name all over this fucking thing. <laughs> He stomped all over it, and that's why it's great. See, I just pictured him be like, "Look, I just want to play my sax. I'll do whatever I, you want." Man. I get, I yeah, wanna, I get too. I just want like, to get funky. I'm sure they're like, "Hey, let's do a wacky video because the song's peppy. We'll get some cameos." And he's like, "Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> that sounds good. Let's do that." And then, so then the nurse is like, "Get out of there, you don't Dudley Moore. We stop. have more important things to stop do. Stop being a perv. Then watch a naked man be bathed." <laughs> And, and then, then oh, I love this guy. All right, there's a guy waiting in line for his sponge bath. Big fat guy. He's uh, wearing a robe. He's got, he's got like, a rubber ducky. brush and a rubber ducky. Yep. And he gives like the eyebrow waggle and the big yep. shit eating grin. Like, it's almost my turn to get his sponge bath. And he's great. And then he's, he, but he's especially great later. Yeah. And I'll point about okay, like, it. Like, he just does like my favorite thing in the video. <laughs> Oh, there's a bunch of guys. This is, yeah, there's like a stereotypical nerd also. Yeah. So now it's the part where... Oh, no, it's not quite that part. Oh, she fell. She, it's she the, might the not... The girl he revived yeah. earlier. The yep. quote-unquote love interest. Yes. She's fallen. Why did you have to quote-unquote her? She's the love interest, Paul. Uh, well, I don't know, because it doesn't ever resolve at the end. It's not like they, they don't walk off together or anything. I does in my heart. So it's it's not necessarily clear that it's romance. It could just be like Kenny G. Just, friendship? Just the, <laughs> no, it's just like the, like, I, look, I love everybody. Everybody okay. gets my funk. Everyone gets my funk. Everyone yes. gets the G funk. That's right. That's not what G funk <laughs> is. is. That's what G funk is to me. I know what the real G funk is, but this is my G funk part. <laughs> But, you know, we're going to try again. And he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to funk it harder. He's like, I'm going to give you the bridge this time. That almost looks like George Lopez on the right. I'm not sure, it's, I don't think it is. In fact, I think that's an Asian man. That's so awful that I just said that then. <laughs> it's basically the exact same scene as before. Yes. It's like, oh, he did it. But he's, he's like, really concentrating now. He's literally getting down on his knees. Yes. To propose. And serenading her with this. And she's like, I'm okay now. Yeah. And she gets up and she is going to dance. She, yep, she, nope, yes. 
Okay. Now it's the part where he's walking down the hall and like everybody's just filing yep. in behind him. It's a big wrap up. Yeah. I love the way the love interest dances. Because she can't mm-hmm. really dance. Yeah. She's dancing she, the way like the fun girl yes, at the party dances. But it's so adorable. That it's really endearing. Yeah, I she's love it. so adorable. Yeah. And then everyone's, everyone's just filling in by. Now here's here's where the okay the sponge bath guy is there. He's, guy. It's that thing where he's wearing like a float, uh, an inner tube floaty yeah. around his waist. Yep. yep. Very funny visual. <laughs> very, very good comedy. They're all just following the funk, baby. Oh, they're just loving the Kenny. All right, okay, now the fat guy from oh, here, before okay. is back. Yeah. And inst- instead of a rubber ducky, for some reason now, he's got a rubber chicken. Oh, yeah, he and does. And he's holding it like a guitar, and he's playing it like a slap like slap bass. Yeah. And he's doing it really oh. subtle, but just the way that he's, like, nodding his head and playing <laughs> bass with the rubber chicken. Oh. He's just oh, like... Oh, I love that you saw that. I never saw that. I was too busy looking at the very quietly, face. like, rocking out with it. Oh, here's... Oh, Nurse Ratchet. Now I see. She's getting And funky. now even she is... Yep. The power of... <laughs> the Ken power G's of Kenny. Yep. The G-Funk has gotten to her bones. Yep. Everyone's happy. A literally dead guy just popped up yes. gurney. And now they're outside. They're outside. They're, there's like a little kid. There's a little kid going, like why am I in this video? There. Yeah. Yeah. It's also funny because they're all just like, what do we do for the rest of this video? They're like, <laughs> you can tell they're like, just, just, just party. Like, move. Just move, just yeah. dance. Just dance. Okay, now it's the resolution of the comedy yes. sketch. Dudley Moore has finally caught up with Kenny G and is about to give him the good yes. sex match. The denouement. Yes. Pops open champagne and pours it into Kenny's saxophone. Oh, yeah. Which, which he would be so fucking Kenny'd be like, what the fuck, dude? Do you know how expensive yeah. Kenny G's saxophone Are you must be? Me? You're gonna clean that fucking <laughs> sticky, shitty champagne out of his fucking horn? Oh. But he's happy, he's selling he it. He keeps playing it for some reason it works. <laughs> it's the power of the G-Funk. He can play through it. And then it's just a big literally party. like streamers and and, and then there's streamers. a model in a in a bathing suit. Yeah. And that's it. And that's that's uh, that. Oh, I don't think anyone has ever gone through an extensive case. No, we really <laughs> explicated the shit out of that. <laughs> I think we did like 20 minutes on the Against Doctors well, Orders We video. needed to. Someone had to do it. Yeah. We're already like 40 minutes into our podcast and we're two videos deep. So <laughs> strap in, everybody. Everyone get comfortable. All right. So that was your pick. This next one is one of my picks. Which I knew you were going to pick. You know I was going to pick this song or this band? Both. Okay. Well... I don't know how much I like being so predictable. <laughs> I just, this I, is, I, I almost just, went with a live performance of this, but I stuck with the original videos because it's so yeah. iconic for this band, who we've talked about before. That's why I thought, because we talked about we it. We talked in, about in like, Madness yes. in the uh, sellout commercials yes. video, where they did a, a Japanese Honda yeah. commercial. So this is the video for their first single, Side one, track one of their debut album. Mm-hmm. It's an instrumental. It's a cover of an old reggae rock steady song. I oh yeah, I, I know you track. hate reggae, right? I do not like reggae. You don't like reggae, but I love this song. Well, this is second it's wave ska. ska. Yeah, I like second. I'm a big second wave ska. I like that. And I, I still I don't love reggae either, but I like ska and rock steady more, which mm-hmm. is like the '60s precursor to reggae. Okay. 
So this is a rock Rocksteady song by a guy called Prince Buster. That sounds familiar. Yeah, but the the Madness version is way more well known. Yeah. It's one step beyond. Yeah. Uh, but it's an instrumental, and the whole song is basically an excuse for a long sax solo. Like, <laughs> yeah, the sax dominates this song, and it's a classic. And the video is very wacky. Yes, I should Madness say it's was. nutty. Yes, because they're the nutty boys. Oh, that's right. You mentioned that. Uh, so it's just a lot of fun, and it's great sax playing too. It, it it really is. They do a weird intro where they're sort of the the band members are sitting on the stairs, and they're sort of going to vocalize the song. It's not part of the single; it's something they did for the video. Oh, okay. Just being wacky. They are not any wacky lads. And then, the, but then the saxophone player comes in and he he like sings the sax part, but he obviously is tone deaf singing <laughs> and like sings it at the top of his range, and it's just really really funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. I'd love to know where they are. The, the stairway. Yeah. Hey, you! Don't watch that! Watch this! This is a heavy, heavy monster sound! The nuttiest sound around! Chad Smash is so not great at lip syncing. He's, he's, he's a little off. He's a little off. Well, listen, Buster. You Have you seen this video before? I don't think I've seen this beginning. I feel like I've seen the video, though. Yeah. You know the song. Yeah, I know the song. Start to move your feet to the rockiness, rock steady beat of madness. One step beyond. Oh, yes, this part I remember. Yeah. It's the British guy dancing. Yeah. Now, did you know this song first or did you know Our House first? Because Our House was That's their big good, hit. It was their big hit. That's how I knew them growing up. But. It was in the 80s before I was really like yeah. aware of music mm-hmm. and I don't I don't in my memory it's not a song that like got a lot of radio play later. So you, so I, this got a little more radio play later on. I'll tell you exactly what the first time I heard of Madness uh-huh. was when they did the behind the music of No Doubt. Oh, no way! Because Gwen Stefani's yeah. brother, who started No Doubt, yep. was a huge, obsessed Madness. Yes, I remember seeing that. And Madness is the whole reason he started No Doubt. Because they were much more ska mm-hmm. in the early records when he was like the leader of the band. Yes. Um, and I remember watching that behind the music, like, I don't know who Madness is. But wow. I, I, the first song I heard by Madness, I really can't remember. Maybe okay. it was Our House. Okay. It could have been like It Must Be Love. Oh, okay, yeah. See, uh, for me, it was our house because yeah. that was the huge. That was the big hit. American hit. Yes, yeah. and then I, and then I heard the other ones afterwards. Yeah, I forgot about Must Be Love. That's a great song. So there, it's it's a funny gag where he's playing the tiny, the tiny toy yeah. saxophone. Yeah, it's, it's so British. This whole video, video. yeah, like it's I don't so know where British. they are either, but it's yeah. just like. So it looks like they're just kind of in an abandoned apartment yeah. or something. Yeah, just like graffiti everywhere. Pretty high energy. Yeah, I mean. Oh, there's the nutty dance. There it is. Yeah. I mean, imagine seeing them in concert like at this time. 
I think it must have been crazy. If you see them now, I think it's just as crazy. Really? I've watched clips online. They're like in their 50s now. Yeah. Still super high energy. Uh, They're awesome. I would love to see them. That's great. I love this shot of the sax player playing his solo in the stairwell. Mm-hmm. I just think this is the coolest yeah, part cool. of the video. It's stairwell seems like it's like part of the famous pub or something like that, but it's just yeah. it's a great shot. He's got like a red fedora and yeah. Wayfarer it's shades, so which so cool. Actually, looks cool wearing a fedora, which is not easy to pull. No, he makes it work. Yeah. But you're right. This is just let's have a big on sax solo, and we'll call it a song. I love that solo. And some of these kids, when because this is their first single, yeah, some of them were were still teenagers when they started this thing. Amazing! That is amazing. Just the fact that they can play that well, so young. Yeah, Chris, the bass player, I think is like sixteen or seventeen. Oh my god. It's just babies. And the I also love the bass line of it. Oh, yeah, it's great. Oh, it's great. I mean, these guys aren't that much older than me. Yeah. I don't know who this guy is, but he's doing no, something weird. He's like, doing I love it. Dance. It's awesome. Yeah, it's very, like, working-class British. Yes, exactly. Very Margaret Thatcher yeah. era. But, like, of that second wave ska, like, uh, specials and yes. um, the, the, the beat, the English beat. The English beat. And uh, who's the, uh, the other one? Uh, Bad Manners. Bad Man- okay. Oh, yeah. Well, they were super fun, too. But Madness was always like, we're, like, the fun one. Yes. We're, like, the fun band yes. in second wave yeah. ska. But they kick ass. Yeah. And... Uh, it's just a cool song. That's a great song. I love the hook of Chaz, like, just shouting. Yeah. Just, one step it's, beyond yeah. every... Yeah. They're so fun. But, uh, yeah. the I mean, obviously, saxophone through the whole thing, but especially the solo in that shot where yeah. he's on the stairs. Yeah. It's great. Just so cool. So, I obviously, I had to... You knew I was going to... I knew you were going to do yeah. this <laughs> I, I, I fully did. Yeah. So, uh, the next selection is yours. We're just going to... We're going to watch another video. Yeah. This one doesn't have sax throughout the no. way that One Step Beyond does. Mm-hmm. But it it does have a dedicated saxophone player in the band. Yes. Uh, who's still in the Like, they've, they've had a lot of lineup changes yes. through the years, but the sax player here is still yeah. their sax player. Yep. And the saxophone solo in this song is iconic. It's great. The, I, this and is, everybody knows this song. It's True by Spandau Ballet. Uh, this song is so special. See... It's not as special to me, again, because I didn't grow up yeah. in the 80s. And for me, it makes me think of The Wedding Singer. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I was okay. in high school when that movie came out. It has the scene at the end where like yes. Steve Buscemi is singing it. This came out in 84, so yeah. I was like 13 or 14. So I, I imagine you have like a story to tell about it or a, or a memory. Or there was a lot of like wanting to slow dance at eighth grade to jams to right. this and yep. not and have not having a girl dance to dance to yeah asking donna gross to dance uh, i can and, cinematically see like yeah. the crane shot in the school gym of all the kids dancing to it <laughs> and then there's like a soft spotlight on, on baby kirk just yep. standing there with his arms by his side yeah. looking around for looking around looking at, like i really like this song and i wanted to dance yeah. with 
Tiffany. Don, Donna Gross. Donna Gross. Okay. Donna Gross. Yeah. And and I love this. I mean, this is a this great. is a, you know what's funny? I was reading about the song. I love the song. Yeah. I think cross generationally people love yes. this song. But I saw on the Wikipedia article for it, like it was on some list of like worst songs ever. Oh, fuck so I guess some that. people hate this song. No, those people are pieces of shit. But that was honestly surprising to me. Yeah. Because there are songs that like are cheesy mm-hmm. or kind of universally regarded as lame. But I'm like, ah, I like it anyway. Yeah. And there's always people who like it anyway. Yeah. But it surprised me that anyone would think that this song sucks. Yeah. No, not at all. Not at all. I like, mean, it's it's. It's an 80s ballad, and on yes. that level, I guess it's cheesy, quote-unquote, yeah. but it's such a classic. Oh, it's a beautiful song. Yeah. I love this song. So, uh, just the beginning. Is I great. mean, yeah. It just makes me so happy. It makes me, it like, it literally just takes me back. I mean, just it's, seconds. It's one of the most, to, to me, like, iconic 80s songs. Yeah. It's so, I mean... This was played constantly. Yeah. It was always played. It's in 16 Candles. Oh, I have a question about this song. Yeah. Is it punk? <laughs> this is punk. Is oh, this, is this on that punk compilation? Oh, yeah. This is punk. I don't, yeah. I don't remember if they if they had this one, but it seems like it would fit this right would on fit there. it, yeah. With the, those, two, is, yeah. those two punks, yeah. This is great, this is great punk music. This is great punk music. Great punk music. I mean, if Crowded House is on there, why can't, <laughs> why could, why can't, why can't they? And this is great. There's this great story. I read it. We can keep playing. Uh, oh, he's so young. Martin, Martin Cray, I think his name is. No, Martin, that's not right. I don't know. I'm, I, forgot, I forgot his name. Yeah. Um, I'm not familiar enough with the band to know their the Here's what I know about the band is that uh, I read I read uh, Andy Taylor's autobiography from Duran Duran, the bass of Duran Duran. And they said when Duran Duran formed and they went to London and they're playing, apparently everyone was like, oh, Duran Duran, you're really good. You're never going to be as big as Spandau Ballet. <laughs> that, like, they, like Spandau Ballet was in London and they're like, Spandau Ballet is going to be fucking huge. And they're like, you guys are good. You'll be good London band, but you're never going to be as big as Spandau Ballet. And I was like, wow. They should have been bigger. I think the lead singer quit. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, like they did this song and they have Gold, which is their uh, other hit. Yeah. And then I think the lead singer's like, I'm out. And the band just kind of dissolved. Even if they ended then, though, I mean, I love, I kind of love the idea of having a one-hit wonder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a huge, huge song. Even if that's all you achieve to, if you write and, and perform a song that's as big as this one is, and you like give that to the world, yeah, and it just stands the test. You of can time. die happy. Yeah. yeah, you've contributed to culture in a you, huge way. You've done more than most people in the world. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Plus, they're also they dress really cool. They're all nice. Great suit. Such an eighth grade band. Oh, song. it is such an eighth grade. <laughs> you do not even know. Yeah. Oh my god, it is. It's such an 8th grade song. I mean, it's stuck in my head like, yeah. It has metal school. Like, it's so of it, it's so of its time. It's not dated necessarily, but it's so no. of its time yeah. that it's one of those things where, like, it makes me nostalgic for a time I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. You no, that's I mean? very true. I can see that. Yeah, it's definitely not dated. Because there's not, because they're playing instruments that are sound like instruments. There's no, like, yeah. trendy hook to it. Um, but it is so stuck in its time. Yeah. 
and it's also a great sing-along in your car song. Oh yeah, and here comes the sax solo yeah. now. And they give it a good long time. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like the shot I imagine of you, <laughs> me alone in the, the gym, <laughs> looking forlorn as Donna Gross dances with someone else. Also, they're all so new wave. Yes. And yet wearing like suits and ties. They're like posh new wave. They're posh. Very, very posh. Uh, which is but very like really voluminous. Lots of pleats, big yes. shoulders. And, and it's the, the very short jackets. Yeah. And then... Yeah, it's like a great solo. Oh, it's so great. That's a great part. And then there's the sex guy in the background. Just, he's just holding his sex. He's like, I'm done. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. I did my job. That pause says everything. Yeah. I love that pause. There's so many, like, little hooks. Yes. There's, like, little moments in each yeah. thing that the makes little, it. The little yeah. guitar. Yep. The breathy vocalization. And it's so earnest. Yes. Yeah, it's it's so earnest. That's what makes it an eighth grade dance yeah. song. Because you're feeling it's everything. so over the top yes. earnest that is like that puppy love that yeah. only teens can have. Like, I know this much is true. Yeah. That Donna, you should dance with me. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I, mean, I 100% <laughs> believe that you've looked her up on Facebook. We're Facebook friends. Oh, you, you yeah. are? Oh, okay. Facebook friends. <laughs> she's, a, uh, she's a Pilates instructor in Michigan. Oh, yeah. all right. Donna? Oh, she probably doesn't listen to this, but... Yeah. I don't know, man. You uh, you share our posts. Maybe she saw it and gave a listen. I might put it, let her know. Uh, we, You'll have to just, just tag her directly. I'm just going to tag her directly. <laughs> she, uh, yeah, we met for drinks like... Maybe like five years ago in Cleveland. Really? Was, yeah, and it was great. Yeah. Wait, did you ever date her at any point? No. Does she know that you had a crush on her? Yeah, I told her. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh... Such goodness. Yeah. Such goodness. Like, ugh, I wish that I was your age in the 80s where I would have the specific memories of that song. <laughs> Paul, I feel it's like so you, missed, you missed out on a lot by not being born when I was born. I feel that way. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to be one of those, like, those nerds who's like, I was born in the wrong generation. But just the but I was born in the wrong generation. You, like, you're like, <laughs> you were born like seven years too late. Yeah. Yeah. I'm one of, they, they've actually described. Yeah, what is it called now? I don't know if it's pronounced Xennials yes. or Xennials. Yes. But it's this uh, micro-generation between Generation X and yes. Millennials. People who were born from like 77 to 83. Yeah, okay, that's right. Which I've yeah. always felt like yeah. I have one foot in both yeah. uh, parties yeah. with the generation uh, yeah. borders. Um, but yeah, if only like I've always like... I've always felt on the line with that, but yeah. if I had to choose, would choose Gen X. Yeah. Right? Hey. <laughs> well, I just mean because I feel like I yes. connect more with the the thinking. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Probably because when I was growing up in the 90s, I like hero-worshipped Gen X oh, yeah. musicians yeah. and yeah. stuff. That and makes whole, sense. Like, oh, we're grunge and we're disaffected. Yeah. Things suck. Yeah, everything sucks. That is that's very Paul. <laughs> But that was Spandau Ballet. Uh, that was great. A song that everyone knows and no one will be mad to have to have listened to. Not again. at all. Okay. We actually are going to listen to some punk now. Okay. 
See, I knew there was some Saxon punk. I, yeah, you know I'd be yeah. able to bring... I have no idea who this is. You're kidding me. No. Okay, well, this is X-Ray Specs. Never heard of them. Punk fans know... Yeah, <laughs> they know this song because this is, this is like Riot Girl 15 years before Riot Girl. Oh, wow. Like, this song and this band was a big influence on Riot Girl because the lead singer, Polly Styrene, sang a lot about themes that were parallel to what Riot Girl was doing. Oh, wow. So this song is Oh Bondage Up Yours. Uh, and it's really... I, I love it because her voice sounds like a screaming saxophone. Yeah. And the, the sax and her singing really complement each other. You will probably hate it because you don't <laughs> like punk. Yeah. And the sort of noisiness of it. Yeah. But I hope you'll appreciate the uniqueness of a punk saxophone. I I very interested. And it re- it reminds me of that song. What was that band that had that song Never Say Never in the 80s? Never Say Never. Yeah. Oh. Never Say Never. I don't know. Keep playing. We're going to look that up. Yeah, look it up. I'll uh what were they called? Oh, this is going to kill me. Yeah, you find it. I'll I'll queue up X-ray specs. My mind is like a switchboard with crossed and tangled lines, contented with confusion. That what? It's a little bit of poetry from Polly Starry. Oh, and this is actually, this is not the studio version. We're going to watch a live uh, version of the song. It's so funny because I'm the first thing that pops up for Never Say Never is a Justin B. Oh, Romeo Boyd. Romeo Boyd, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Yes, I know Romeo Boyd. Okay, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. They had a similar thing. Yes. They're more new wave than punk, yes. but they had a sax player in the band. It's yep. a similar kind of vibe to this yeah. song. I don't know what's going on. It's the operator's job, not mine. She is also a baby. I, I don't think she's any older than like 18. Is that part of the song, like the single? No. At the As beginning part. of the single, uh, she goes... Uh, some people think that little girl should be seen and not heard, but I say, oh, bondage, up your oh, And they start. That's cool. So that was a different sort okay. of little thing, but now it's the song. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've never, ever heard this, no? ever in my life. This is a classic. Is it really? She does sound like a saxophone. When it when it cracks, yeah, her voice does the same thing. Here's what's interesting is that the saxophone playing doesn't bother me. Yeah, like it feels like oh, it sounds like a saxophone playing. It's her voice with it. <laughs> that that punk discordant. Oh, it cuts right through. Yeah, so good. Just anger. Like I feel like he's playing a song <laughs> and she is not. Wow. Yeah, like I feel like, okay, he's a good saxophone, and then she comes in and. I think they complement each other so well. How do you know the x ray specs? I mean, they're. Yes, they're, they're, they are. They're yeah. no. Okay. There's a text on the screen that says X ray specs only released five singles and one album, but their influence was immense. Which is true. Wow. Uh, but she was around. She died a few years ago of, of cancer, but oh. she was performing the whole time. And oh, wow. There's, you can find live video of her doing this from just a few years ago and just killing it. Wow. I 
Oh, wow, yeah, they're talking about the Riker. Yeah. <laughs> it says, according to Public Image Limited's Jaw Wobble, polystyrene, quote, freaked John Lydon out. <laughs> That's great. Even Johnny Ryan was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't. Oh, my God. Also, polystyrene is such an awesome That's a name. great name. Yeah. Oh, she was there like six years ago. Well, it was longer ago than I thought. 2011, she died. I love that there is an audience of literally <laughs> six kids, and they're, it doesn't matter that yeah. there's like, they're going crazy. Yes. There's six guys, six people just like jumping up and down, yeah. just fucking into it. Because it's live, but it's like in studio. Like, yeah. It looks like they're in a TV, you know, studio. Yeah, but they're just like six people in front. And is, they're just going bananas. That's very punk. Yeah, she is like intimidating. Yeah. I love See the, the saxophone voice. That's <laughs> like the sound. Like oh, there's like a melody to yeah. it. Like I know I can get where it's coming from. But I mean, for punk, it's a it's a unique sound. Yeah, it really is. And this is 1978. Yeah, so it's, it's early enough on that it's really different. This is definitely very different. She is this little yeah, she's teenage like girl. Not not intimidating the way that uh, like Wendy O. Williams, no. who is just overtly terrifying. Yes. This if you saw this girl on the street, you'd be like, oh yeah. I, I'm not intimidated by her, but her performance is her just performance. like what the fuck? Yeah, you're like, I will stay away because she will fuck me up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you, your reaction was what I Yeah, no, that's like, right. He's not gonna like this song, but he's gonna appreciate the value. I of appreciate the what's behind it. Yeah. The saxophone was the best part. Yeah. Uh, well, I think polystyrene was the best <laughs> part, but I knew musically for me. All right, this is something you <laughs> yes. brought to this episode. Yes. That I've seen before because I've seen this movie, but I don't. It's been a while, and I don't remember this specifically. But we've talked about Tim Capello Tim before. Capello, yes, he's the guy who makes an appearance in the Tina Turner video we yes. watched from Beyond uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Yes, in yes. the Kick-Ass Girls yes. episode, the Rebel Girls episode. Yes, and uh, he's the saxophone player who's got the long ponytail yeah. and the glistening oil he's like just he's he's what a saxophone player never looks like he, he looks like what i imagine steven seagal thinks steven seagal looks like yes yes <laughs> yes ponytailed ripped and glistening in oil ripped shirtless with suspenders yes. which is a cool look if you yeah. can pull it off black like i think they're leather pants yeah and He's playing the saxophone, which is and also singing in this case. Yes. This is he was a sax guy. He was famous for being in Tina Turner's band. Yeah, that's what made him is like, oh my god, there's this big buff dude who's actually yeah. Like you'd watch and go, oh, he's a lip syncing model. No, it was a guy who played sax. Right, but yes. he wasn't known for having a solo career no. except he did a solo track 
for the movie The Lost Boys. Yes. Which is from fact, 1987 and is a great fucking movie. Just yesterday I was watching Eastbound and Down, you know that oh, show? Yeah. I was re-watching yeah. old episodes of that show. And in the second season where he's down in Mexico, there's a scene where he's like trying to pick up this woman. Yeah. And like this Mexican guy comes up to pull that like, oh, is this guy bothering you kind of thing? Yeah. And the and the, the guy's got like long kind of curly hair. Uh-huh. And he's like dark and Mexican. And like to rebuff him, Kenny Powers goes like, oh, what is the saxophone player from the Lost Boys going to do something? <laughs> and I was like, ah. Because I had just, because to prepare for this podcast, I had just watched. That's great. And I was like, that is a great reference. That, that I, is I'm sure I didn't get at all the yeah. first time I watched that episode. Yeah. But like I said, I've seen The Lost Boys. Yeah. It's just been years, and I don't remember this part in particular, but it's sort of weird. Yeah, it's just weird, and he's like, this is in the movie. This isn't a video for the... Right, but it's, it's like a full performance. Yes. It's like the whole, you know, two-and-a-half-minute yes. song. Yes. This is like the... They're in the strange town that's filled with vampires, and yeah. Tim Capello is like a rock guy playing a concert that everyone's really into, and it's edgy, quote-unquote, scary, quote-unquote... Yeah. For and, 1987. And Jason Patrick is like... Jason Patrick. Brooding. And yeah. He's like Jim morrison And Jamie Kurtz is running through just looking wonderful. Yeah. And also Diane Weist is there. Diane Weist is great in this movie. I love Diane She's Weist. so great. I mean, The Lost Boys is great. It's it's great 80s cheesy Oh, my God. Fun. I saw it one weekend and then saw it the following weekend. We yeah. all saw it. it and I so imagine great. it was like the movie where like the jocks and the goth kids could agree on it. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Kind Everyone of, yeah. thought it was cool. And this was, the, this was the movie where everyone's like, who the fuck is Jason Patrick? Yeah. You're like, this guy is amazing. He is great. He's he, great. I think he, his career wasn't as big as it should have been. Yeah, he probably turned down a lot of stuff because he probably, you know... Wanted to do other things. Yeah, but he's always good. He's yeah, he's underrated. He's a very underrated actor. But this was like, oh my god, this and Kiefer Sutherland. You're like, who the fuck is this? Yeah, you're and like, the Corys are in it. Uh, like, it's it's the Corys were good. Yeah, yeah. But let's just watch yeah. this performance of uh, "I Still Believe" because it's ridiculous. By the way, I had the soundtrack, and it's and also for people because we almost included this in the podcast, but uh, we're not going to look at it. But there was an SNL digital short. Yes where the premise of it is Andy Samberg crushes like a gypsy's dream catcher and yes. the gypsy puts a curse on Andy Samberg. Yes. And the curse is that anytime Andy Samberg cuz he's like a business executive and he yeah. doesn't care, he steps yeah. on a homeless man or whatever. And then the curse manifests itself and anytime uh he, he's doing something important John Hamm <laughs> smashes through the wall, and John Hamm is basically Tim Capella. Yes, exactly. He's a saxophone player with he's shirtless and the long yeah, hair, and he's playing saxophone. And they don't say Tim Capella, but he's basically playing this guy. Yes, and he literally bursts through a wall like the Kool Aid Man. Yep, wails on his sax and then goes Sergio <laughs> because his name is Sergio. Yes. It's and just bizarre, it's just written, like all those digital shows. Yeah. It's just. But it's a clear and yeah. very hilarious reference. To I just this love guy. that they just randomly reference Tim Capello from The Lost Boys, and it seems over the top. But Tim Capello on his own is pretty no, over the top. It's pretty spot on. You go, <laughs> no, there's no exaggeration going on except for busting through a wall. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh, I totally love this song. Like, the, and this song didn't. It's not like this song was. Did this get radio? No. Play? Oh, okay. it's just from the movie. It's just from the radio. Yeah, just from the video. Oh, I'm sorry, just from the movie. I mean, and then he's just 
like glistening with gold chains yeah. on. It's like two bottles of oil on it. Yeah. And he's playing it and he's dancing around and you almost go, no, this isn't real, but it's real. <laughs> he's a real musician. Yeah. And here comes Jamie Gertz running slow-mo through the crowd. And everybody is super into it. Everybody's super into it. Like they're like this guy's this guy's the best. Like this guy's the edgy vampire music we love. Oh, I, I'm just gonna be quiet for a bit because you like Jamie Gertz. Well, it's just like Jason Patrick looking at Jamie Gertz, and it's all sultry. And I'm 17 again. <laughs> but yeah, look. I mean, he looks. I mean, he looks like a superhero. He looks like a superhero, and yeah. he's like, just a saxophone guy. Yeah, he just also enjoys fitness. Yeah, that's right. He does. <laughs> enjoys having his shirt off. I mean, yeah. not a bad thing because he's not. Uh, like as I always say, go to music reggae. You have to see. Go to musicreggae.com slash playlist and watch the video, because he's not just like a sexy guy with his shirt off. He's like bodybuilder huge. Yes, he's huge. Yeah, and like glistening and over the top. They should have included him in the Expendables. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, that would have been a great cameo with a saxophone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, he's so in shape that I have no doubt he still is. Oh, yeah. I think Even I've at, seen he's clips of him. probably, like, 60 years yeah. old now. I've seen clips of him. He's yeah. still, like, he's, like, old buff guy. Yeah. I've seen James. Jason Patrick looks so young. So young. And he believes. He looks like Conan the Barbarian. He's he just, does. Yeah. And it's not the greatest sax, but, I mean, it's, really, it's just so odd. And this is how they're selling, like, oh, it's a headbanging song. Yeah, they're headbanging like this is the heaviest of metal. <laughs> yes. Or it's just like a pop rock song with a sax guy. Jason's in love. But it sells the scene because it's that sultry, like, yes. I'm a vampire. I'm a teenage vampire yeah. in love. Yeah. So it's got to be all, like, fraught romance, yeah. but also gothic. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's dangerous. Tinkerbell is like, dangerous. As if we have to say it, but this concert is taking place at night. Yes, with and, fire and everywhere. Yeah, everything's lit by fire. Yes. There's like little bonfires and shit. Yes. So it's it's uh, it's got that gothic yes. feel. Yes. Well, and I'll help everyone to know that Joel Schumacher directed this. So. I didn't know that, but that yeah. totally makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Schumacher. Schumacher directed it. Uh, Director of Batman Forever yeah. and The Client. Yes. And St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah. Jason Patrick sort of has a Rob Lowe thing going. Yeah. Not as pretty as Rob Lowe. No, no, it's no one is. Yes. Rob Lowe's prettier than most women. Rob Lowe's and now the Rob- <laughs> yeah. So that was that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's just a... It's just weird sax stuff. A cool-looking dude. <laughs> cool-looking sax what guy. Tim Capella's a cool dude. I wonder if other sax players are like, what the fuck? I wonder if he still, like, makes a living know. playing sax. It'd be great if he did. Yeah. It'd be cool. Because... Like you said, the sax playing isn't much on its own. It's all about the it's all about image the with this guy. Yeah. yeah, and being older now, I don't imagine he gets to do that. Yeah. But like, does he have the chops to play in session? Yeah, like, I mean, is he a teacher or a session guy? Yeah. We love to should do a little digging. Mechanic, yeah, he's a mechanic. I'm not trying to shit on him. I just no. wonder. Guy, guy, guy was in a movie. Yeah. Well, so I said we were going to go to the fifties. Yeah. This is another song that everybody knows. Okay. Uh, if they don't, they may not know the band. The name of the band is the Royal Teens, and the song is Short Shorts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, you know. Who wears short shorts? When you, this is the most punk rock shit I've ever <laughs> seen in my fucking life. This video is so amazing. 
But you already know the song. Oh, yeah. We like short shorts. Yeah. It's the, the dumbest lyrics. That's it. It's yeah. just that for two minutes saying we like short shorts. Yeah. And when you watch these kids perform, the level of not giving a fuck. <laughs> Even in the 50s. It's so extreme for this rock band. I was like, they understood rock and roll. That's funny. But also because it's 50 Rock, they've got a sax player in the band. And yeah. it has a cool fucking solo in it. Also, fun fact, the piano player... Guy named Bob Gaudino wrote this song, went on to be a founding member of the Four Seasons. Oh my god. Yeah. That's so fucking random. Yeah. So everybody knows this song, but you have to watch the video. Yeah. Because it's just the just the like the laziness of it in the best way. Because rock and roll is to me best when it's like just super dumb. Yeah. And rebellious in the sense that it was like, we're teenagers and we want to be in a rock band when we're not even going to care that much. <laughs> Whatever, man. Whatever. Even it. in the 50s, they had that codified. Yeah. Royal team singing their big record, Short Short. This is 1958, I think. Oh, my God. And there's a girl there with a short short. Oh, man. Dig that crazy chick. And the whole thing is just sort of like whatever. Yeah, the saxophone guy's like whatever. The guitar player, like, he totally just looks like this like skinny Brooklyn Italian kid, like that. Like, hey guys, what are we gonna do? Like, uh, what are we gonna do today? You guys want to do some crimes? (laughs) Do some crimes? (laughs) Do some crimes? Go slash that guy's tire. Like. And the girl is super cute in a yeah. like 50s kind of way, but it's all so medium energy. Oh, it's so medium energy. Like, it's funny. It's almost like they're like, no, I can't believe we have to do the song that we wrote. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> I just want to go and, like, drink. Whatever. You guys want to raid my dad's <laughs> liquor cabinet after this? Smoke some Paul Malls. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, all of the words of the song are... Who wears short shorts? Yeah. We like short shorts. They're sh- such short shorts. Who wears short and shorts? And it was it? it That's was, it. I know it from the, I guess I think there was a Nair. The Nair commercial yeah. in the 90s? Yeah. yeah. Nair yeah. short shorts. I think it was in the 70s too. And then oh, they was that like it a, a long campaign? Yeah. Okay. I think it is in the 70s and then it stopped and then they brought it back in the 90s. Yeah. But do you see what I mean? Like how this is punk rock? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just, it's the, it's the attitude. It's not aggressive rebellion. Yeah. It's just like, I'm not even going to try. Yeah. Like the dance, like someone told him to do the dance steps. But the saxophone solo is cool. Man. He's definitely the guy who tries the most. He gives yes. it like 75%. Yeah. Everyone else, well, that, Everyone else yeah. gives it 50. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki, the guitarist, is barely, is phoning yeah. it in. They are still wearing suits and ties, though. Because no it's still had, 50s rock. 50s, rock. And they had to. Oh, look at these kids, like, clapping. They're babies. Yeah, there's, like, literally... This seems to be from some TV show or, like, one of those movies they used to have back then that was, like, a review yeah. kind of concert yes. movie. Yes, that's what it feels like. Because there's this shot of these an audience of actual children, and then there's the shot of an adult in the back... And they'll zoom in on him, and he's kind of like, oh, these kids with their rock and roll. Rock and, and there's roll. clearly, like, a plot point to it that oh, I don't okay. have context <laughs> yes. for. The kids aren't even clapping. I mean, that kid, <laughs> looks dis- this adult looks distraught. Yes. 
You can't believe it. What? Like, but he's right, because this song is so fucking <laughs> stupid. Like, there's even, nothing to it. Even for first generation rock and roll, yeah. this song is dumb oh, as yeah. fuck. Yeah. And if I were an adult back then, I would. This was like when. Uh, Dubstep was first a thing. It's like, <laughs> what is going on? How is anyone yeah. listening to this? How is this a thing that's popular? <laughs> so, I love the song, yeah. but I still sympathize with this. You guy. get the guy, yeah, yeah. Every generation has. <laughs> I mean, yeah, even they look bored. Yeah. Like this whole song, well, this, the guitar solo is cool too. But he's still just kind of like, yeah, I guess I can do this. Like, if I have to. I guess it's pretty cool. Whatever. This whole song is a giant middle thing. <laughs> uh, I love the hand claps. And the, I mean, the girl to me is extra cute because she has the I don't give a shit on her. Oh, yeah. She's like, how much more do I have to say? She is, they're all so over it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's great. She's like literally rolling her eyes. Yeah, she really is. She's like, oh my God, I keep singing the same fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, it was almost like she was doing. Here's another sax solo. That is cool. You gotta have two sax solos in the 50s. Yeah. I mean, but I can I can fully understand how adults were not only like confused, but fucking insulted. Oh yeah. That this was pop, like because this is they're they're listening to like Frank Sinatra yeah. and Johnny Mathis and like real singers. Yes. Yeah. Great singers. And lyrics. And then kids are like, no, this is better. <laughs> and it's who wears short yeah. shorts. Like, what a fucking slap in the face. Yeah. How dare you say that this <laughs> two-line song is good. Yeah. But that's yeah. why this is just so rock and roll yeah, today. Absolutely. Just, oh, and look and at the look guy the in the children back. Children go bananas. And the guy in the back is like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I just had no, to. We, we, to you had to put something in the 50s because that's where it all started. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite. Yeah. That's one of the videos that if we weren't doing saxophone, I didn't find a place right here. I already had it like in the queue oh. for so long it would have ended up in a grab bag. I was about to say, it's a perfect grab bag. Because I just love that video. Yeah. It's so it's great. It's so funny. We have up until now sort of ignored, other than Baker Street, maybe the most iconic 80s sax solo mm-hmm. we got a taste of it in that first Baker Street yes. video it's the sax solo from Careless Whisper yes by George Michael or Wham depending on who you ask in what country it's Wham it was it, it's it's George Michael well he, yeah he wrote it when he was 17 no it's on his first solo album yeah oh but oh, in okay. certain countries as a single it was released under Wham's name and then later it was put on the next Wham album. Yeah, but it was technically like the second a, Wham album. Yeah, but it was a George Michael solo song, song first. But yes. whatever, we're splitting yeah. hairs. But that's what we fucking <laughs> yes. do here. Yes, we because do. we're Shrevey from Diamond. <laughs> so, uh, but we're not going to watch the video for yeah. Carelessness, but we're going to watch another funny video. This is a viral video that people may remember from a few years ago. It has almost 35 million views. Oh, God. I don't think I've seen it. You don't think you've seen this? I've you haven't seen, seen The Sexy Sax Man? I might have. Maybe? This is, okay, and then also, this is pre... I believe SNL ripped this off because I think this is pre that sketch. 
And this guy performs as Sergio Flores. Oh, interesting. The sexy sax man. And he plays shirtless with suspenders. So he's got a little bit of the Tim Capello look, but with also with like facial hair and, oh, okay. and shades. Oh, okay. I don't so think I've ever seen All this, this quote unquote comedy sketch is, is the sexy sax man bursting into public spaces and just playing the solo from Careless Whisper while people look around. Is he actually playing it? Yes. Oh, it's okay. sort of like a candid camera type oh, of okay. thing. Oh, okay. Okay. But it starts off with a video, like a sexy video of him playing it, and then it cuts to clips of him playing it in various, like, restaurants and malls and okay. just, like, bothering people. <laughs> So that's the sexy sax man. It's like Tim Capello and Charles had had a chance. Okay, that's I've never seen this, but that's funny. So he just like walks into the supermarket, gets up on the checkout aisle, and starts playing saxophone. And it's this. The repeated theme is all the customers and patrons and citizens around are delighted by him. (laughs) But invariably, security is called. Security is always called. <laughs> Del Taco. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> oh, that guy's had it. That one guy's the like... Yeah. <laughs> Not everybody's to, to drive through it in and out. Oh, this is all in L.A. Yes. Food court at the mall. I mean, this guy's got balls. I love it. It's literally on the ground on his yes. back. Oh my god! Just bleeding. Uh, if if you were in any of these situations, would you be more annoyed or more delighted? I would be delighted. I, I would just be think delighted. that's so funny. Yeah, because he's not doing it at like the library. No, or anywhere where people need quiet or concentration. No. Uh, Plus, it's, it's that, careless whisper. Uh, yeah, it's fucking. And he's whisper. clearly like having fun. Yeah, yeah, he's having fun. He's not a crazy no. person. He is a comedian. It's performance art. Yes. Oh, that's great. And security. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> See, people love it. <laughs> and he's like, Just ignoring out. the security guard. No respect at all for authority. Hey, he doesn't like George Michael. He doesn't like George Michael. <laughs> he doesn't like George Michael. <laughs> Everybody in the food goes, Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to do it again. Saxmansaxograms.com and Tina, our friend Tina over there. They're authorized, yeah. They're trying to say... They're from sexysaxmansaxograms.com, <laughs> and they were paid to play a saxogram for this. Oh, for that's great. But the security guard is not really buying it. <laughs> Don't play it again. If you play it again, I'm going to arrest you for trespassing. Do okay, you think he's going to play it again? Can I think he's going to. I'm going to guess. Let's find out. Play that George Michael song real quick. Play that George no, he doesn't need to go no. outside. Uh, not only would I not 
kick this guy out of my business, I would pay him to play. I'd let him stay. Let's see how long he would do it. Okay, now, <laughs> yeah. this may be... Yeah. Yeah, but you're, you're just college, that's a problem. If I were a student in the cl- biology class at Citrus College, I would be delighted if I were the professor. Yeah. Not as much. No, not so much. Look <laughs> at this dude's like, what? In the middle of a lecture. That guy's like, what is going on? He's <laughs> ripping now. <laughs> Just like, not only in the classroom, but goes right up to the oh, right up there. Right in her this face. This is a little much. Now he's being a bit of a dick. Now he's being a D-bag. <laughs> She's handling it well. <laughs> well, it's clearly like a TA who's teaching yeah, the class. He yeah. doesn't really know how to handle it. Yeah. And he's probably like a student at this school. Yeah. He may even be in this class. <laughs> yeah, that would probably be know him. It's like, Greg, Greg, <laughs> <my> dude. <laughs> Again? We get it. You want to be on YouTube. But look, it's it's a five minute long video and uh, we don't need to watch we the get whole it. Thing yeah. We get the idea. But uh, I just wanted to. I had to include that. No, I'm so glad we saw that. I'd never seen our, it. It's our way of regarding Careless Whisper. Which is a wonderful song. Yeah. Uh, I said at the beginning that we were going to go to the 90s, and you said you thought what band? Without looking at the screen, what band did you have in mind? That wasn't the band, but no? I loved this band. Okay. What yes. band did you think we were going to talk about? For some reason, I thought you were going to go like uh, Mighty Mighty Boston's. Oh, no. We covered that with Madness. Yeah. Also, yes. I'm not a big third wave guy. Okay. Okay. No, Although Bo- the Boston's are sort of hometown yeah. heroes for me being from New England. And That's what I was kind of thinking. And I- Dickie Barrett himself was from Providence. My oh, really? Boston. See? Yeah. There you go. So I was not too far off, but... My, my older brother was a big third wave sky guy. He was into the... I like the Boston's okay. Okay. Uh, but that's not where I went. Okay. This band is Morphine. Yes. My wife loves Morphine. That doesn't surprise, <laughs> surprise me given yeah. what I know yeah. of Anne's taste. Yes. So you already know about them. I don't need to explain yes. them to you, but I want to explain them for the listeners yes. in case they don't know. Morphine was a band in the 90s from Boston. They are a Boston mm-hmm. band, so you were right about that. With a unique setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no guitar. It's a trio. Mm-hmm. Rock trio, no guitar. The lead singer, the name of the band is Morphine. Yeah. And they have this sort of like cool, bluesy, sort of dreamy sound that the name is perfect for. It's really perfect. Plus, you would think that the front man's name was the stage name, given all that, but it's his real given name, Mark Sandman. That's fantastic. His real name was Sandman. That's just fantastic. He the band ended very suddenly in 1999 when he dropped dead of a heart attack in the middle of a performance. Oh, that's he was young. only 46. That's young. Yeah. Uh, so he plays bass, but he plays a two-string bass. He only has the two middle strings on his axe. Wow. And I think he tunes it down a half a step or a step. So wow. it's a real, and he plays it with a pick. He strums it, and he only plays two strings. So what little I know of bass, and he has just the D and the A. Is yes. that right? Yes. That's weird. Only plays the two middle strings and tuned down. Wow. Uh, which is unusual, but not unique. There's another band from the '90s where the bass player played the same thing. Who it was a Seattle band, but I think the bass player slash lead singer was. 
from Boston or spent time in Boston and knew Mark Sandman. Oh, so maybe it was influenced? Do you know what band that was? No. The Presidents of the United States oh, of America. No way. Yes. That band had a two-string bass and a three-string guitar. That's so weird. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So that's that's the bass player. And then instead of a guitar, they have a guy, the guy's name is Dana Colley, who plays a baritone sax. And gets like a solo on every song and is awesome. Yeah. It's like the opposite of Kenny G, who plays the soprano sax yes. and is very like smooth jazz. And this is like fucking blues rock on yeah. a baritone sax. And it's awesome. So we're going to watch a live in-studio performance of their song, Bueno, which is probably their, I don't know if it's their biggest hit. I have to hear. I, I just know of them through Anne. So yeah. That's I, I love Morphine. There's such a unique sound. Yeah. And this, to me, is their quintessential song. And they're just the coolest. Like, Mark Sandman is just the coolest motherfucker in the world. His voice is also, like... The name of the band, his name, the way they sound, and his voice is all such a perfect yes. cohesion of elements. For the 90s as well. True. Yeah. He's sort of like a Tom Waits looking motherfucker. He is, yeah. He's like a young Tom Waits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can, yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, this is the not my style of 90s music, but I, <laughs> but I appreciate it. I don't, it's not like I, I hate it. It's not, it's not stuff I hate, but it's like, yeah, it's just not me. Once the guy plays a sax solo, though, I think yeah. he'll be like, oh, this is great. Yeah. It's so funny, too, because, like, he's an interesting-looking sax player. It's like... Yeah, he's got a dumb goatee and the long yeah. hair, but he's wearing a baseball cap. He doesn't look like he knows how to play sax, but he's obviously a great saxophone player. He just... The, the visual of him is... He's one of those guys who will sometimes play two saxophones at the same time. Seriously? Yeah. Double fisting saxes? You've never seen that? No. It's such a weird mix of influences and sound. Yeah. No one else has ever really sounded like that. Yeah. The fact that there's no guitar. Yeah. And it's a baritone sax and a tuned down bass. Two, two strings. That's yeah. so odd. And it is weird, like, watching me, like, it's two, but he's strumming it. That's weird. Mm -hmm. But isn't this, like, the coolest sound? Like, it's very, like, detached 90s, like, yeah. Yeah, not grungy, but it's no, just, like... No, definitely not grungy, but, yeah. It's sort of, like... You might, it's like the, somewhere between 90s alt and like that Nick Cave goth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if you're some like disaffected wannabe poet and you're out late drinking, <laughs> this is, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But maybe you'd also do a little coke. Just a little bit, not a lot. Because you're not going to be a cokehead, but just to keep you going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. you drink, you know, your wild turkey. Oh, 
I like the drummer. He's funky. Yeah, the whole band is great. I'll always be so disappointed that they got cut short. That's real short. Yeah. Here's the other thing, too, is like... So this is from 94, and they seem old. He, he was. He was. And, and he was very guarded about his actual age because he was self-conscious about the okay. fact that he he's a, uh, like a couple he's like a month older than my mom. He was born in 1952. Oh wow! So he's already in his 40s yeah. when the band hits. Right. So they're trying to compete with people like 20 years younger. Yeah, than exactly. And so he was specifically very cagey about his age and like okay. interviews and stuff, and didn't like yeah. to reveal it. Uh, but still, to die at 46 That's very, very young. Yeah. Very and he didn't have, like, any heart condition that anyone knew about or any health problems. He did smoke like a chimney, which is sort of evident. Yeah. And you look at his face, he doesn't look like the healthiest dude in the room. No. But, uh, yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a documentary about him called Cure for Pain, which was the name of their big album. Oh, okay. And it's really interesting. That's where I learned a lot of that background stuff. But, uh he yeah they were playing like a festival in like Rome mm-hmm. when he died and the next band that was supposed to play after them before they were big was Queens of the Stone Age oh really yeah and and but they talk in the interview about how like uh, Dana Colley talks about how like awesome Queens of the Stone Age were mm-hmm. they kind of came in and they were like look we will we'll play or we won't play we'll like help you guys mm-hmm. deal with this if you need to and uh and Dana was like, no, it's like the show must go on. You got to go play and, and all this stuff. But wow. uh, the guy was his name, Josh Home or Homie or whatever his name is from Queens of the mm-hmm. Stone Age, is interviewed about like the night that Mark Sandman died oh, wow. and how they had to play the show and uh-huh. how heartbroken he was. And oh, all this. sure. Yeah. Fucking yeah. awful. Um, and I remember when that happened because I was already a morph- morphine fan. Yeah. And I like play- I took up the bass in high school. I yeah, I wouldn't right. say that I'm a bass player because I always just sort of fiddled around yeah. with it. But it was just when I was like really like I'd just kind of gotten my bass and I subscribed oh. to Bass Player Magazine. Oh, oh. And like, <laughs> you know, bass players love yeah. Mark Sandman and I just remember reading about it when it happened. And, and you're like, oh, And man. it's kind of the thing where like, you know, it, it was enough to get mentioned in Rolling Stone or whatever. Yeah. But they weren't a huge band. No. And I didn't have any friends who were even knew who morphine was let alone were into them so i was just sort of like on my own kind of sad that mark died. and it's like at that age you wouldn't have seen them in concert no i never i never got to see them too young i was 16 yeah it's a little too yeah yeah. i probably could have seen them but yeah uh never did but they're great yeah and i just love the sax it's a completely different sound like you said it really is yeah all right. Uh, the next one is one of your picks. It's a little out of left field. This is a TV theme. This is a TV theme song yeah. to one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Which I've heard of but have never seen. It's called The White Shadow. Yes. Uh, the White Shadow was a hour-long drama produced by Bruce Paltrow, Gwyneth's uh, father. Okay. Um, before he did St. Elsewhere. And basically, it's, it's very 70s and very, like... Not woke. It's well, it's kind of. Well, is. I'll tell you what I think okay. it's about, and you tell me how yes. on the spot I am. Inner city high school. Yep. Basketball team. Yep. Primarily or all black players. Yes. Students. 
And then they get a new white basketball coach. Yes. And that's why it's called the White Shadow. That is correct. Which is probably not what they'd call it today. No. But it's almost it's kind of like a Hoosiers thing, except instead of Indiana kids, it's it's like inner city. It's actually more. It's not so much Hoosiers like because Hoosiers was strictly like basketball. This Ooh. was like a teen drama almost, where it was like, like uh, Welcome Back, Hotter, but a drama, <laughs> kind of, yeah, a little bit, okay, because. Uh, Ken Howard, uh, the actor Ken Howard, mm-hmm. played uh, a guy named Ken Reeves, <laughs> and right. yeah, and they uh, he was like the whole thing was like he played for the Bulls and it wasn't a big career, bust his knee up, can't play anymore. His old college buddy is a principal at uh, Carver High School, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, why we need a basketball coach? Why don't you teach basketball? So, so he comes in and teaches basketball, but teaches them life. Of course, and but, it, but see the, the the premise to me sounds like a great movie, but like how did they stretch that premise out? For because they said it, it lasted three seasons. I was going to ask you how yeah, long it, was. it lasted. Three seasons. Okay. I watched every episode because it was about basketball. You played basketball. I played basketball. basketball. Yeah, and so this you're was a like tall really, dude, right? How tall are you? I'm five eleven, so I'm not that tall. Are you only five eleven? Yeah. I think of you as over six. Carry it. I have yeah. good posture. Okay, um, but thank you. <laughs> they. Um, like my brother is a huge uh, uh, white. I, I have their stuff on DVD, the White Shadow. Yeah. But um, the show was a a lot of it was heavy drama. Like there'd be basketball scenes and there'd be practice and stuff, and then it'd be like they'd talk about domestic abuse and yeah. someone like got, Friday Night Lights. Yeah, like heavy, heavy stuff that yeah. the White Shadow would come in and solve the problem. Okay. It was always going the White Shadow would be like, "I love these kids. I'm gonna take care of them. I'm gonna solve your problem." It sounds a lot like Friday Night Lights. Basketball like basketball instead of football. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of famous directors came out of this. One okay. of them being uh, Timothy Van Patten, who uh, directed all like the Game of Thrones and The oh, Sopranos. Oh. And then... Uh, Wait, uh, when you say came out of this, you mean directed episodes? Or no, was an there actor? was an actor. Oh. There was an actor. And then there's a uh, couple of Thomas Carter who did a lot of directing. Uh, Kevin Hooks, who's done a lot of TV directing, directed Passenger 57. With Wesley, Wesley Snipes. Snipes, he directed that. Always bet on black. Always bet on black. That's yeah. Kevin Hooks. Um, so that's a little aside of why I love the show. But one of the big reasons why I love the show is the theme song, which is all sex. Yeah. And this was a time in the late '70s where almost all theme songs had sax in them, like you Barney know, Miller, and then later on Night Court. Well, see, okay, I was going to ask because. I was thinking to myself, like, there were a bunch of themes back then yes. that had sax. Tons. And I was like, wait, is I was like, is the theme from Taxi Saxophone? And then I'm like, no, no, it's no. not. In my head it kind of is, but it's not. No, it's not. And I was like, what about Night Court? And Night Court has like sax in the middle of it, but the part that I was thinking you, was sax you, is more like it's like a horn. Yeah, maybe that is a horn. I'm not sure if that's a horn. That might not be a sax. That's not sax. Okay. But the, the sax does come in. Yeah. But it, it's not as sax filled as I yeah. thought. But like like Barney Miller, Fish, Sanford yeah. and Son. Well, Sanford. Yeah. I mean, wait, it, wait, is Sanford and Son sax? Yeah, it's a sax. I admitted, I think, in the episode, the Harry Nelson episode to Katie, like, I'm bad about recognizing yeah. and recalling, like, specific instrumentation. I think it is. I think it is. And then, like, yeah. um, uh, uh, some parts of um, Magna P.I. and Simon Simon had sax. Okay, yeah. So it was just all this time where there's like everything had a sound. And I might be. But this one's a little bluesier than those, and it's yes. more. I love this song. Sexy. Than it's that. more sexy. And I think it's this guy from this from uh, the late 70s, early 80s named Mike Post. 
Yes, I read about this yeah. and saw that Mike Post He did like posted. everything. But that surprised me a lot because when I Mike Post did tons of theme songs in the 80s yes. and has a very specific sound that's very kind of synthy. Yes. So I was really surprised because this doesn't sound like what I think of as a Mike no, Post theme. This is like early Mike Post. Yeah, because this yeah. is like 70s Mike Post. Yes, yeah, 70s Mike Post. Mike Post did the music for a sort of a cult show in the 80s that my parents were obsessed with that I watched on DVD later called uh, Wise Guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know Wise Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and that was Cynthia. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. I, did Mike Post do Quantum Leap? That I don't know. I never saw. I think he play. might have. Yeah, but I mean, he had like a ten-year career where it's like, we need, yeah. we need a Mike Post song. But it's always very keyboardy in the eighties. Mm-hmm. But this is like this is like nineteen seventy-eight sax funk. Yeah. yeah, and it fits the it fits the uh, it fits the show great. Yeah, but I was surprised and delighted to find that Mike Post did yeah. this. And then also, like I said, I've heard of this show. Yeah. So I think people who have their finger on the pulse of like old pop culture yeah. I've heard of it but it's not like you named a bunch of shows theme songs that people know yes Night Court San Francisco this was not a but, but people don't show yeah I never heard this theme song it's yes. not something that gets name checked a lot no it's not it's not and it wasn't like I said it, it lasted three seasons on CBS yeah. but it was not by any means a, a successful show it was yeah. more a little more referenced, but yeah, yeah. Well, but it was it's it. successful to me that's a weird little yeah See, now he goes down, hurts his knee. Yeah. See, what's he going to do with his life? He can't play ball anymore. I love when opening credits told you to <sighs> set up. Okay. The White Chef. And he actually, the actor, Ken Howard, who was actually in, uh, recently died. Uh, he yeah, was the SAG a- president. He's going to actually go president for a long time. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he can actually ball. He can actually play. I'm pretty sure if people know 30 Rock. Yes. He yep. played the guy who becomes the CEO of NBC. Yes, that is When correct. it's called like TV Town yes. or something like that. That is, that is Ken Howard. The guy who's like, I'm so friendly and I'm yeah. going to say really threatening things. And a real, he, that's yeah. him. That's it. Which and is funny because in this show, he's kind of a dick. Yeah. Which is great. He's a character actor that is in a lot of forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was there a part of the story? Was it like a bad news bears thing where like the team sucks and he and he's gonna like help him? Right? A little bit. It wasn't so much that the team sucks, as that the team was disorganized and needed discipline oh, okay. and needed tough love. Yeah. And the the white savior is gonna come. Yeah, the white. That's savior. why you were saying it's not as woke as we yes. like it to be. It's the white savior comes. Yeah. And these are all the these are all the teen actors in it. Yeah. Some of them could actually play. Some could not play at all. But to me, they're all like, but they're all amazing. They had, they had an episode where the Harlem Globetrotters came on. And of course. Created by Bruce Paltrow. Oh, he created it. He created it. Ah. Yes. One of the one of the best things, I remember the, the pilot episode, you know, he comes in, they're struggling with him. They don't want to deal with this white coach who's a jerk and tough and makes him run laps and teaches tough love. Yeah. And at the end, they kind of had this thing of like, yeah, man, you're okay. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to tell you this whole season. I'm going to be on you guys all the time. <laughs> and one of the teens goes, yeah, like a white shadow. <laughs> it's just like, oh. Uh, and then it's like, and literally freeze frame, end of episode. Yeah. Which yeah. was like, ooh. But did they, uh, 
this is, we don't need to make this the White Shadow podcast. <laughs> did they like end it? Did it did it get canceled or did they wrap up the story? No, they never wrapped it. It got canceled oh. after three, the third season. The first two seasons were like the same cast, yeah. and then like they graduated, and then they got a new cast for the third season. Ah, it yes, just yes. fizzled out. Uh, say say Kirk. Yes, Paul. We watched a Kenny G video earlier, mm-hmm. but I don't think we've gotten enough we Kenny G for no. a saxophone-themed episode. No, you need to deep dive into the G-Man. Yeah. This uh, this is a comedy sketch that I know you've seen because I've shown it yes. to you before. This I is a this. Funny or Die sketch. It's actually the sequel to another sketch that we don't – I'll explain, explain briefly. The name of this sketch is – my imaginary friend is Kenny G. Yes, this is the one I know. And it stars the comedian John Daly, who mm-hmm. comedy nerds will definitely yes, know. He's a hysterical. UCB guy since going back. The first video was My Imaginary Friend is Fabio. Oh, that and I never So did the see. beginning of this sketch quickly references the fact. Okay. So that sketch was about a guy who imagines that Fabio is his best friend. <laughs> so at the beginning of My Imaginary Friend is Kenny G, he's lamenting the fact that oh, Fabio right. has abandoned him. Yes. And then he discovers a new imaginary friend. And it's Kenny G. Yes, which we're not really spoiling anything because that's the title. And of if it. I remember correctly, Kenny G's actually really good in this. In the way that he is. Compared in, to what he was in 88. Where it's he's not grown. the best acting, but he yeah. is funny. He's grown into himself. He's not a good actor, but he is funny. Yeah. Yes. So this is a little, this is pretty weird. Oh god, I didn't see this. He's looking for Fabio. (laughs) (laughs) And this is, of course, (laughs) the songbird. This is what everyone knows him for. God, it's so good to be your good friend. It's good to be your friend. What do I call you? Ken or Kenny? Kenny. G. G. Kenny G, that's right. Cool. Johnny D. Are you serious? I can be Johnny D and you're Kenny G and we're friends because it's Johnny D and you were hanging out. (laughs) Fuck yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Can I get one of those? Yeah, let's jam. How about Black Soprano? Jennifer Hudson? Well, you know what it's, <laughs> it's throw away, Always right? play sex with black sex, right? <laughs> Are you about to do a private concert? Ladies, not right now. I'm actually chillaxing with my friend Johnny D. I, uh, I'm Songbird. I'm Songbird. <laughs> uh, well, Johnny D, do you play? Sax, yeah. Do a little bit of uh, this. <laughs> <laughs> projectile vomit. He sounds like polystyrene. <laughs> he does. Very similar. Kenny, smooth around. 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 Quick. <laughs> you know what? I could use a grande latte right now. Starbucks in the house. <laughs> yeah, of course he does. The richest musician in history. Makes mad Grande vanilla latte and a grande vanilla latte with an extra shot. Hey, hey, Songbird. Hey, Johnny D. I also love that without explanation, Songbird just works at the Starbucks. <laughs> yes, at it just works. Before I made that girl puke with my son. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what are you doing after work? I have class. Oh, cool. You're in college. Grad school. Borderline age appropriate. Okay. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the lattes. <laughs> Bro, that was not good. Yeah, no shit, Kenny G. Thanks a lot. That's what always happens when I try to talk to girls. Bro, I let my horn do the talking. Bro. <sighs> Wait a second. You can be my teacher. You can teach me how to play sax. Bro, you suck so fucking hard. Ah, Kenny's selling it. Okay, Daddy D. Here's how it goes. First, you blow a couple notes. First, I blow a couple notes. But you focus on your tone. I focus on my tone. You mess around with men. I mess around with men. You're playing saxophone. You're playing saxophone. You're playing saxophone. I'm playing saxophone. First you blow a couple notes. You focus on your tone. You mess around and then you're playing saxophone. You blow a couple notes. You focus on the tone. You mess around and then you're playing saxophone. It's great. It's the white linen. Yeah. It's good to know that Kenny G has a sense of humor about it. Yeah. He gets... Like he knows you could easily imagine him being a guy who takes himself he way too seriously. He could easily be like, "Oh God, he thinks he's the fucking best. Yeah, he, he, everything's precious." But he gets—he, I guess he but gets. I, I had seen this before I ever saw it against Doctor. <laughs> <Lewis, laughs> no, yeah. Which, if I had seen that, I would have put in a question mark. <laughs> yeah. Just having a cool jazz party. Uh, on the beach. It's my dream. <laughs> Wearing white linen on the beach with Kenny G. What more do I need? And then just to... <laughs> He's just like naked. <laughs> so his imagination. Oh, that just, was so great. Was so weird. It's just so weird. It's John Daly is one of the weirdest, He's funniest dudes. Yeah, yeah. It's just great that Kenny can laugh at himself. Yeah. So, uh, we've got one more clip. Yep. And we've gone pretty long, so we'll wrap it up. But do you remember a show from the late 80s early 90s that was originally it was only out for a couple seasons it was originally called Sunday Night and then it was called Michelob Presents Night Music I know Michelob Presents Night Music it's the same show yeah Uh, it was basically it was produced by Lorne Michaels it was kind of like what if Saturday Night Live was the musical guest and that was the main meat of the show and that was the whole show so it was uh, produced by Jules Holland Okay, yeah. And Hal Wilner curated it, and it was hosted by David Sanborn. Yes. Oh. Who is himself kind of a smooth... He treads the line between smooth He jazz. started out as very early 70s as part of like the fusion yeah. movie, and then slowly became... So I love David Sanborn. And he's such... Here's the thing about the show. Every episode is on YouTube. Oh, I'm going to fucking watch and it. And David Sanborn is, like, Sanborn is like the most pleasant oh, host. He's great. He's such a nice-seeming guy. But the thing about the show is they didn't just have one musical guest. They would have a few musical guests in an episode. Mm-hmm. And it was like crazy disparate. Like you would never think of mixing. Just random people together. Yeah. As an example, there's one episode that has Rye Cooter, the uh, oh yeah, the sort of like pop popular mm-hmm. country guy. Yep. And The Residents. Oh, the, my like, God. Performance Forward, the performance part. The yep. guys with the eyeball heads. Yep. I remember them. Yeah. There's another great episode that has Sonny Rollins, mm-hmm. uh, Leonard Cohen, and Was Not Was. That's a great lineup. All playing That's together. a great lineup. So it's like that. They'd have these, yeah. these artists who you would could not conceive of being on the stage mm-hmm. together. 
being on the stage together and performing. Who is, you mentioned Hal, curated by Hal. Hal Wilner was, I'm not sure, he was like a producer. Oh, okay. Uh, he put together albums in the 80s. Um, there's one album that I listened to a lot when I was a kid that was called Stay Awake. And it was a bunch of different artists performing Disney songs. Oh, no. But it was artists like Tom Waits and... Uh, really? And Ima Sumac and <gasps> The it's Replacements. so and, weird. And he, like, compiled that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, Harry Nilsson did a oh, song wow. on there, too. Um, so this, this... He was involved in, in curating huh. this. Uh, but anyway, the clip we're going to watch is... It's not even the whole song because they play it over the closing credits, oh, sort okay. of as a, just a good night. Yeah. But it's it's a, a song we've listened to before. Oh, yeah. Also in the commercial episode, it's Walking the Wild Side. Yeah. Great sax song. It has a it has a great sax solo in it. Yeah. But this is the night music version from 1989, and David Sanborn plays the sax. Oh, song. that's so awesome. it's a re- and also uh, it's got. Um, uh, Paul Schaefer is there, oh. he's, and he's one of the colored girls going doot do doot. Oh, that's great! <laughs> but um, there's a cool little intro where David Sanborn refers to "Walk on the Wild Side" as the national anthem, which it fucking should be. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> way to fucking describe it. Yeah. Oh, but it's great. it's just a great little version of "Walk on the Wild Side" with a real smooth. David Sanborn sax solo to take it I'm out. I'm so glad you have David Sanborn in here because he's almost I know like, that you like him. Yes, and he's he's the better version and precursor to Kenny to G. To Kenny G, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, my parents, this is, like, I was talking to them about it this weekend because mm-hmm. I was talking about this episode that I was putting together. Yeah. They loved the show. They said it might, they both think it's, like, one of the best, one of their top five, possibly top three favorite TV shows wow. ever. Wow, that's crazy. To this day, my father is boycotting Michelob because the show went <laughs> off the air when they pulled their sponsorship. Wow. How many shows did they have? They only did two or three seasons. I think it was 88 to 90. Oh, wow. So it wasn't on long and it wasn't yeah. like super popular. Yeah, I only like know by sun- name. Because it was on like late night on Sunday. Yeah, who the fuck's so, going to watch that? Yeah, yeah, Oh, look how cool they were. Oh, Harry Connick Jr. was on this episode. Oh, so the young the, Harry. When he was like the new hotness. Yes. And he's like, what, 23 years oh old or something? Oh, my God. Uh, oh, and John Cale's there, too. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Harry Connick Jr., Paul Schaefer, Lou Reed, and John Cale. That's <laughs> such a weird lineup. So this is David Sanborn talking about uh, Paul Schaefer. No. Yeah, break even. Well, I'd, I'd really like to thank you for, for doing the show. Yeah, I, had, I had a great time. David Sanborn seems like such a cool dad. So cool. He's got great hair. Yeah. And also, Lou Reed with a fucking rockin' mullet. Oh, yeah. Like full on almost <laughs> to the shoulders. Like late 80s. Yeah. Lou, Michael Rathke. I may thank on your behalf and on everyone's behalf. The swamp boogie queen herself, Katie Webster. I don't know who. Katie I don't know who that is. I guess uh, she's important. I'm sure she's awesome. Yeah, sure she's a good team. And almost a little bit too sure of himself, Harry Connick. Just a baby. He's a baby here. <laughs> yeah. What did you hear? How Paul Schaefer referred <laughs> he to him? Almost, almost too sure of himself. Like fuck this kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Tom Barney, 
Robin Ford, Omar Abdeen, and Philippe Saints. God, it's, it feel, you're right, it's Saturday Night Live with music. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's even on that set. Yeah. Do the, uh, do the national anthem. Absolutely. Take a walk on the wild side. Lou Reed. I'm so sad. You know the, the way that Saturday Night Live during the goodnights, sometimes if they're overtime, they'll like yeah. cut to the news before they actually yeah. finish the credits? That kind of happens there. Oh. It's just heartbreaking because it's so good. You only get two verses of the song, but... Such a good song. It's just the epitome of cool. Holla came from Miami, FLA. Hitchhiked away across the USA. Walked your eyebrows along the way, then he shaved his legs. And honey, he was a sheep that said, hey, you take a walk on the Can't get over the mullet. I mean, it's big. It's That's really big. That's like... Billy Ray Cyrus line. <laughs> Candy came from out on the island. But Lou Reed makes anything. Oh, he cool. makes it look way better, yeah. Like he owns it. But she never once lost her head. Even when she was giving good hits, she said, hey, babe, you take a walk on the wild side. Hey, baby, you take a walk on the wild side. The color girls go, do, do, do. So it's got a country vibe to it. Yeah. It's sort of more of an 80s vibe. It's like new sensation. Yeah. 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 Play it, David. Come on, Dave. Got his start with Bob James. Oh, yeah, he was part of like the Bob James stuff. In fact, there's an album of Bob James and David Sanborn. Oh, do you want to do it? Yeah, we actually yeah. listened to that on Smooth yeah. Jazz Friday. Yeah. Everybody will the head to pay and pay. A hustle here, a hustle there. New York. And it's great that we've got the song on the podcast twice. This, I'll, I'll put it in every episode. <laughs> we'll we'll find a way. Yeah. We'll make a way. We'll okay. make it work. You take a walk on the wild side. Jackie, she is just speeding away. <laughs> Paul. <laughs> Dude, Paul oh, Schiffer just doing hand gestures. <laughs> uh, that's it. That was all we get. Oh, I wish they had, like, recorded and released yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Just, just, just David Sanborn's solo gives it such a different vibe, but it's so good. Such a different vibe. It is definitely smooth. It's 80s walk on the Yeah, walk. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's it. Uh, we've gone over two hours. This is our longest episode yet. And as, as well, sax is important. We, I mean, we, we had to we had to really pick a part against we, Doctor's I, orders. The only way you can watch that video is to dissect it. Yeah. 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 Um, but I uh, hope everyone's had enough saxophone. <laughs> That's right. To satisfy them, satisfy their needs. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think so. Uh, is there anything you want to plug? No, I'm good. Just, I wish I liked Flan. Um, oh yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Twitter. 
I wish I liked Lana on Twitter, Kirk underscore Pinchon on Instagram. Yeah. No projects. You don't have any solo sax albums coming out. Don't have out. any solo sax albums yet. Yet. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Uh, I am at Paul Champanelli on all so, uh, social media. And uh, listen to Chat Your Pants. And yes. It's in the cards. Yes. And we'll see you next time. Yes. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.